Here we go! Ooh, uh, hey guys. Whoa! Welcome to episode 127 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five. My fellow host is Big Tuck. Ha, gotcha there. No bit. Sucker. I was going to say, they're, they're, are we doing no bits? Is this a no bit cast today? Uh, is that no itty bitty. Do we want to wake up and choose chaos? Is that what we want to do? Mm. Mm. Wow, that's delicious. Uh, I switched it up a little bit today. Belgian-style dark ale. So I've been doing this thing uh, with beers. I didn't drink. I wasn't playing on. I actually successfully didn't drink this whole week. Uh, back from Costa Rica after re- repelling down, uh, you know, some waterfalls and being fat shamed because evidently there's a weight limit on the zip line and Tarzan swing. Absolutely. Wait, uh, okay. That's why I, I avoid those at all costs because I don't want to be fat shamed. But listen, like. Look, we're both big guys, right? The maximum weight for the zip line was 250. 250, yeah. Yep. Like, that's not, like, again, we are all fat Americans, so I get it. But, like, there's one person in your groomsmen gang that is even remotely under that, right? Yeah. That's well, very true. Uh, but yeah, that's that's solely a reason like anytime I would go out with my parents in Colorado and they'd be like, hey, do you want to go do this climbing thing or this zipline thing? I was like, you know, that's not really my thing because it's not that I think I'm a obese fat ass and I'm going to die of cholesterol, right. but I'm a big dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like the same issue that like a college football player would probably have. It's just like right. big guys can't do much about it. But yeah, anything that I'm like, could there be a weight thing? I just stay away <laughs> I don't, from I it. I don't want it. I also noticed that you're wearing your blend into the background uh, Jun sweater. And I was asking, why would you be wearing that? Because is it not 70 degrees and sunny in Kansas City? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually uh, six. No way, really? <laughs> it was six when I woke up this morning. I So I ordered my mom a CD because she doesn't have a cell phone or the internet, right? And I thought she'd really like it. She doesn't. I mean, I don't know how... Wait, no, no, no. You ordered her a CD... Yes. A compact disc? Yes, the actual and okay. I was shocked. It came it was an album that came out in 2021, right? And it's like, yeah, and it was in CD. I was shocked it was even option on Amazon, 2-day shipping, right? So, I ordered a bunch of stuff and it got delayed cuz too many people buy Amazon, whatever, right? We're not it's neither here nor there. But I got, you know, in like every once in a while they send you the photo where it's like your package has been delivered. And oh, I looked sure. at it, and I was like, is that asphalt? Like, it doesn't get delivered to my dorm and apartment. I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's snow at my mom's house. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. It's a brisk one for you, but I'm glad to see that we both made it back from our mutual week-long of death-defying adventure in Costa Rica and in Florida. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, Florida, it's just uh, defying death every uh, step you take. Yeah. Um, it was hilarious. So, the Airbnb that we rented... It was like in this like little like offshoot neighborhood. Uh, they had vultures galore. They at any given moment really? driving in and out of that neighborhood, the the area that you would turn onto the side road from your side road, you would see fifty to seventy five vultures just hanging out. And I was just it in a wetland or something. I mean, I mean, Florida's all a wetland. Yeah, fair point. Um, I think it's because Florida has all the uh, senior citizens. Clearly, a lot of old people must be living in this neighborhood and dying in this neighborhood. Easy, and the easy vultures know. Yeah, it's easy pickings. Yep. Good food. Uh, but no, you know, my trip was great. Got to build good. myself a good old-fashioned lightsaber. I saw that. Very exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, I picked a purple kyber crystal because, you know, Mace Windu's a badass. I did pick up a darksaber. Uh, That's cool. I like that. that. I like that a lot. 
That one, I like uh, that one way better personally, but yeah, the but it's so not both unique. The, you didn't build it, right? Like you just, it's just an item that you buy because the dark sabers, like legendary item, if you will. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But the, my, more my issue with it. And I was actually talking with the coworker about it. And they also said, this is why they didn't actually buy one. It's because when you snap the blade in, it's actually off centered. So the blade hangs a little bit off of the hilt. Which that's not the way a lightsaber would work. A lightsaber, it's like it comes from the hilt. Oh. Why would anything hang over the side? So I don't like that. That just seems like sloppy design um, on their part. But you know, it is what it is. I'm a nerd. I bought it, sure. uh, and I actually Tuck rearranged my entire office so that way my Zoom calls and Teams calls can have a wall in the background because before it was my window in my office, and yeah, I yeah. actually bought the uh, cross setup so my lightsabers could be fighting oh, in the background that's actually pretty can you send and me a picture of that when you get I when will. you get back yeah and my plan is before every customer call i'm just gonna go turn them on and then get on the call but not mention anything they're just <laughs> there humming in the background yes. until someone's like hey uh mr combo you got fucking lightsabers in the background and it's like yeah i yeah. actually do Indeed, let's talk I about do. it <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like when I, whenever I start a job, I wait for a few weeks just to suss it out and then I'll answer a zoom call, but I'll put stout's face like in front of the camera. <laughs> so That's great. It's just, it's just his fat furry face. Um, and the only other thing I'll mention about my trip, Tuck, this is for you. This is for the collective. It's for the world. The Velocicoaster at Islands of Adventure and Universal is the best experience ride I have done since I experienced the flight of Avatar four years ago at Disney Animal Kingdom. And that ride is probably one of the best ones I've ever ridden in my life. Um, the Velocicoaster Coaster put it to shame. Um, this ride, it's themed obviously after, after Jurassic World. Sure. About the Velociraptors. Um, you go zero to something real, real fast. You do a ton of like actual like 90 degree sideways like curbs. But here's where they took it to a whole nother level. Two different times in the ride, you're going upside down in a straight line for probably five seconds. Whoa. Maybe ten. <laughs> like, a lot like, of times when you go... Yeah, a lot of times on a roller coaster, when you go upside down, it's just for a moment. Right, it's, it's like, like oh, in a loop. The momentum right is keeping me. No, you were just going upside down. And at one point, Tuck, they literally stopped us. And then we took off and went perfectly vertical up twisted around went upside down and down and then flattened out and just went upside down like during a straightaway do some more curbs one of the last things that you went upside down on in the ride you literally hang upside down maybe 10 feet from a lake and you're going Whoa. for like a good three to five seconds it that it sounds was awesome in, the ride after me and my fiance got done doing it we did it thursday there's maybe an hour hour and a half left till the park closed we literally said, we don't have enough time to ride this again. We shouldn't ride anything else. Because it's just a waste. This, it's a waste. Nothing will yeah. meet what this ride did. So if any of you have a chance, the Velocicoaster at Universal Islands of Adventure, that alone is worth the trip. Wow. All right. I I what's So is the Islands of Adventure just like all their leftover properties that don't fit into one of the other ones? So Universal basically breaks down into two sides, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Oh, okay, I would gotcha, I would yeah. phrase it like this. Universal Studios is the movie properties that have the Universal logo. Think Jaws, E.T., yeah. Transformers. 
Islands of Adventure seem to be more like brands that they've maybe acquired. So like Marvel's over there, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park King okay, Kong, okay, stuff like. Uh, I think they have like that's where they have Popeye and stuff like that. Okay, so. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then the the only other thing I'll tell you because there was one other coaster. You're not a Harry Potter fan, so I won't go into all the details of it. But it was the Hagrid <laughs> one. You. The thing you would have liked about it though, Tuck, is each of the carts is actually a motorcycle. You actually get on a oh. motorcycle and ride it. At one point in the ride. You go up and there's no track. You just stop and he's like, uh-oh, better turn around. So you start going backwards on the ride. You go into a cave where there's all these centaur animatronic things like, uh-oh, we're in a bad spot. And then you just fall through the floor. Mm-mm. Just like onto another track. Just like, and then you just, <laughs> yep. And then it just like peels out and you take off going like 65 miles an hour. It was it was pretty cool. So I, I didn't know you were such a coaster aficionado. Uh, I do like coasters. I will say I'm a bigger 4D experience person. I enjoy those rides a little bit oh, more because it's that's because I tr- like it where it's tricking your senses and you don't know that, what's real and what's not. That's what the um, Avatar one was, right? Yes. Yeah. Very much. I've, um, I've heard good things about that. My fiance though, she's way bigger into the actual roller coaster stuff. So uh, there was still a bunch of stuff we didn't get to do. I didn't get to do Rise of the Resistance. That's the big Star Wars one. Mm-hmm. Um, the the wait was three and a half, four hours, and I refused to do that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, not doing that. Mm. Um, I did get to do the Millennium Falcon ride. That was actually pretty fun. You yeah. actually go into the Millennium Falcon cockpit, and there's six of you, and like there's pilots, gunners, and engineers, and it's one of those team games where like yeah, stuff yeah, starts yeah. going off, and you have to hit it. So like that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Velocicoaster, transformational. What a good roller coaster. So the last thing I'll say about Universal Studios, I think we, I made mention to you how people use that as their like workspace now, right? No. Did I tell you this? Okay, so there's like this cult of people that were, for whatever reason, had a WeWork. And let's say it was like $200 a month at the WeWork, right? They go there and work remotely. So they found out that the year past Universal is $200 and they have free Wi-Fi there. So people will go and like work in the whatever cantina. And for happy hour, they'll go drink like Duff beer and then get in their cars and drive home. It's on Reddit. Oh, that's it's like, awesome. It's like I know, right? Is that hysterical? That's it's, so amazing. It's that's $200 a year. Wow. That is smart. That is uh, yeah. some brains right that's, there. That's thinking, that's thinking, that's a uh, smooth brain, right? Like I'm thinking smarter, not harder. God. Well, guys, <laughs> if, if you'd like to figure out how to support the channel financially, possibly even fund <laughs> me going to Universal and just working there just forever. Just working there for a week. Uh, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower. We do have many different tiers. A very exciting one that you guys will be seeing here in the next few weeks is the Collective Diagnosis, where we've been uh, collecting, uh, not to be redundant, your opinions on our topic. Don't want to spoil it, but that's one of the benefits you get for literally a dollar a month is Discord access, soft things access. I mean, we try to engage our community as much as possible, and even just that dollar really does help. But if you think you could help out a little bit more um, and you would like to get rewarded for that help, 5 15 25 bucks. we offer playmats, sleeves, coins, tokens, cards, you name it, that's probably in there somewhere. Heck, even our $25 one, we're going to start having patrons on Bruise and Builds. Uh, we're going to be doing that every three months. So right. if you get in there, you could be selected. So be sure to check it out and support us. Now, I was thinking about oh. this. Yes. I want you to start throwing this around in your head. We talked about the the, the, the 50 patron, the 50, the 50 patrons. 
Yeah. What if this is just throwing? I'm not. This is not set in stone. What if we put something down where if we get 50 patrons, we both get matching command tower tattoos? <laughs> Does not like it. Um, I may have to blow that idea up. Mull mo- 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 it over. Mull it over. We can move on. I'm just putting it How about up. this? If we got matching CMD Tower mullets, we could do that. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could convince my fiance to let me get a tattoo of it, <laughs> considering I, I I think the other last thing of ink I have on my body is for my child. Uh, you got a whole, some... you have a whole palette. You got a whole palette that's just ready to get filled in. Yeah, and it, you know what? If I run out of room, just keep eating more, and I'll just keep making more room. <laughs> I think that's the way it works, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, if you're an existing patron and you'd have someone you'd like to refer to to the collective to kind of help us meet our goals, have them message us on Patreon, or you can message us and say, "Hey, I just had this person sign up. We'll actually reward you with some cool swag as well." So, just once again, helping you guys out for growing the collective. Now, if you can't do any of that, or you'd like to pick up some of our exclusive non-patron swag, head over to our store, cmdtower.com/merch. That is where we sell these amazing. Foil play mats, and of course the holiday Jun sweater. Uh, so go on there. I we still have the promo going on. If you buy a sweater, you get a pack of sleeves for two bucks. Um, so definitely redacted bit. Get shit out of my basement. <laughs> And of course, though, if you guys can't help us out by buying our swag or supporting us on Patreon, just share the content on YouTube, on the podcast platforms, on Twitter, because every little bit of interaction from the collective actually does help quite a bit. Now, we wouldn't be able to bring these series of videos to you without our amazing video engineer at underscore Teacoats. Tyler does all the video work for CMD Tower uh, and a majority of the artwork. So if you like what he's doing, follow us, subscribe, leave comments. If you think there's something left to be desired, send us a message. We are not above criticism. We want to know how to improve because if you never tell us, we'll just keep putting out mediocre to okay content. Sometimes just, okay, yeah. Sometimes okay. So Bruza Builds is our tech tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32 and talked about some exciting themes of EDH, we decided to kind of mix it up for season three. We are doing a fantasy draft commander deck around some legends. We usually get a community vote for this, but Tuck and I decided with Neon Dynasty, we would just go ahead and make the decision for you because we think a lot of people (laughs) want to see this. Uh, And we'll get to that card in a minute. But we thought we would cover what really goes into a chaos draft. So each of us will do the following. We will pre-select 50 non-land cards, flip a coin to see who drafts first, and then go round robin until the deck is complete. Well, but Tuck, what if I pick Soul Ring and Soul Ring's on your list? Uh, well, then I unfortunately have to remove it from my draft pick board. Well, what about Layans? Well, we will be giving the total land count recommended and only taking talking cards up to the available slots. Yeah. <laughs> so the first 27 picks will be a snake draft, meaning whoever goes first uh, will pick first. Whoever picks second will pick second. But... Then whoever picks second gets to pick first in the next round. And we snake on through through there. But the last five picks will be a lightning round. Uh, and that just purely means I pick, tuck picks, I pick, tuck pick, and we go down the board. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Tuck, 
Tatsunari, Toad Rider. A lot of people got a little hot and horny for this card. A lot of people are pretty hot about this card. Uh, uh, can, can you tell us why? What, what's the card do? Well, sure. Uh, to Tatsunari, Toad Rider, is a two-colorless and black for a 3-3 legendary creature, Human Ninja. That's a rare. Shockingly, you can get a copy of this for literally a quarter. So, looks like the people who are specking on this card came out right, I suppose. Uh, whenever you, it has, whenever you cast an enchantment spell, if you don't control a creature named Kemi, create Kemi, a legendary 3-3, black and green frog creature token with, whenever you cast an enchantment spell, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Then additionally, it has a colorless and a hybrid blue-green. Tatsunari, Toad Rider, and Target Frog you control can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with flying or reach. Wait, um, and what kind of what kind of creature type is Tatsunari? He is a human ninja, which makes I fucking yeah! <laughs> it's back. We still got it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's the best ever. <laughs> that is, that is Squee just losing his voice in his basement. Uh, R.I.P. That guy. So yeah, um, this I feel like this was the most like community talked about commander. By Hands a pretty, pretty far decent, right? Like, people are like, oh, this is the... Oh, what are you drinking? Are you having a little oh, whiskey? I, I'm doing a little Tom's Town Distilling, a strawberry mint vodka cocktail. Ooh, yum. It's very refreshing. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, this... I think this card is very fun. I'm not 100% sure it's something that I would immediately run out and build. I'm, like, right on... I'm right on the edge of it, right? Like... Um, what do you think? So this is the type of card that really poses a problem for me as a deck builder mm -hmm. because it's enchantment based. You got to do enchantments. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, building artifact based decks and enchantment based decks are just not fun for me. Like the, mm. the, the path to the win usually ends up being literally the same cards every single time you right. do it. Or it's like, well, I don't really have a win. I'm just here to slog the game and eventually I'll kill them off of incremental damage or right, 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 green right. effects. So I wouldn't build this commander either, but obviously we got to create content for you guys. We so do. The, the way that I really try to look at building this deck, if I were going to do it, I look at it into three categories. One, what are my cheap enchantments that nobody's going to target that I can get down quick and early and get copies of Kimmy? Sure. Yep. Two, how am I going to sacrifice Kimmy? So that way I'm not oh. wasting cast triggers with Tatsunari. And then lastly, how do I sack and then recur my enchantments? Or how nice. do I just get my enchantments back in general from the graveyard? Those are kind of the three things yeah. that I focused on. And really what I saw is I ended up just building this very, I don't want to call it staxy, but I just ended up building this very static effect deck. That okay. like, I got a lot of stuff that no matter what you do, something's going to trigger and happen. It might be annoying. You might be fine with it. I don't really know. And so my mind goes to my build. You're kind of laying under the radar. You're not really right. hurt. Not really a threat. But I think because of the popularity of Tatsunari, even with my build, I would still be public enemy number one. Because I was like, yeah, <gasps> Tatsunari Toad Rider. I've heard about that. And it's like, well. What have you heard? Right. Well, I don't know. Everyone was talking about it, so it's got to be exactly. Good, right? I think so. It sounds like you kind of build it like my Yurlock deck, where it's like, look, you can do whatever you want. I'm not stopping you, but you might be paying a piper. You're gonna. There's gonna be effects if you do stuff, right? Little bit. Little, little bit. bit. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I so I kind of went um similar build. I mean, there's really like I I did. I, so I will say this: mine's pretty similar, and I feel like this card, this card, and this these decks will, in my opinion, be a little bit like Zyrus the Writhing Storm, where that's pretty clear, like the optimized build or the way to build it, and they're all going to be somewhat similar in scope. Um, I'd agree, but I got a couple. I I was talking to Scooty Shuffles. A uh, longtime friend of the show. I don't even know if he listens anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, but he had some fun picks, which we'll be getting to once we get to the draft. Nice, nice. Um, so one thing that we do like to do with these chaos giraffes, and this will be a little difficult, so it's probably not going to be as helpful for everyone, but we do like to look at EDH rec. Like, what are kind of, what's everyone doing? Um, right. Kind of going into this. So if we look up Patanari Toad Rider, <laughs> Um, already has 700 decks on wow. which is insane. Yeah. Um, when we look at the average distribution, typically they have 34 lands, which I think we're going 36 today. So we're about two lands higher, but that makes sense. A lot of times in the chaos drafts, we don't put in just chromatic lanterns of the yeah. world or full rings, 22 creatures. That's a lot heavier than what I have. I I'm maybe 10 or less in my list. Probably like, Yeah. That's on 27 right. enchantments. That's... I think I got 40 in my 50 list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, I would agree with the instant sorceries and artifacts. It's like six, five, and five. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I have those, but I think collectively between you and I, we'll probably have that. I feel like, and to your point, I feel like green does a lot of the pickup on enchantments for ramp that artifacts usually would fall into, right? Especially in this. Yeah, that's build. fair. Um, and then from a mana curve, you know, uh, they don't necessarily give us the details of it, but it looks like majority of the deck is traditionally three CMC or less. Yeah. I actually don't know. I think, I feel like I got a lot of one drop enchantments and a lot of like five and six drop enchantments. Like there (laughs) is no in between. I, so I feel like playing this will, will echo a similar thing that you brought up with my Umbers deck, which I've since actually completely changed. Forgot to text you. You were right. Um, <laughs> cut out a bunch of shit where it's like, are these one drops just to trigger one damage and gain a life or are they actually useful? Right. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people are gonna be like, I'm throwing in every single one drop that ever exists. And you're like, yeah, but to what end, you know, exactly. Th- that's almost the mentality for CEDH. Like yeah, I'm putting right. in every zero and one drop I can. Cause I'm literally just doing that to churn through my deck to get to the gas, which I guess if you wanted to do the Tatsunari to get a lot of single drain effects, sure. Um, but I do think there's probably a better way to build it, and we'll see if you and yeah. I align on this. But in traditional command uh, fashion, we have to flip a coin. Now, Tuck, I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. We're not going with the Squee McGee get up and fight coin today. Oh. You have the choice of Two-Face or... I can't remember what they call this, but it's the coin from John Wick that they do at the hotel. Oh, um, don't they just call it like, hey, you want to like, what's he say? He's like, hey, you want to earn a coin? Does he just call it a coin? I know the the name of the hotel is the Continental. Do you see? Is that on the coin? Hmm. Nope. It's all in Latin. Okay. Well, that's unfortunately that's you're not, not you're not Indiana Jones yet. But, <laughs> yes. Uh, what uh, do you want? Two-Face or John Wick? Let's do the John Wick. All right. What do you want? Heads or tails? Tails never fails, baby, except in this case where it always fails. All right. <laughs> is it heads? It's heads. What is that? Five in a row? <laughs> and you know what, Tuck? What's going to happen again? 
You're going to pass it to me? I'm going to pass it to you, and I'm going to go okay. second. All right, all right, all right. Um, so uh, uh, let's get started. Uh, this time I actually went through and marked ones that I think are cute, so I'll be able to sprinkle those in a little bit better. So this is a card that I am I don't know how good it is. I think it depends on your meta, but in the right meta, I think it's really, really strong. Uh, this okay. is a three-drop green enchantment that is going to punish your opponents for playing clues, treasures, and food. So we are talking about Viridian Revel. Viridian Revel. So Viridian Revel is a colorless green green for an enchantment that's an uncommon from Scars of Mirrodin that says whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card. And it's about a buck twenty six, but the foil version is like twenty dollars, which is wild. Good lord. So I think this card does Scars. it. In this one, at least, at least when you play it, you'll be able to get the trigger off of the Kami, right? So you always get something out of it for the most part, right? Like. But I think in the right meta, if you're playing against decks like Prosper, Investigate, Clues, those sort of things, I think this is a card that you will be able to draw piles and piles and piles of stuff off of. So I put this in here mostly as a card I think is really interesting, but one that could really, that's very, um, what do we call it? The ceiling, the ceiling on it is very high. The floor doesn't quite sit as well. I, I mean, I'm good with this because it's a static enchantment that'll sit there. And, uh, well, I have a... Uh higher expectation for what cards should draw me. But I think a lot of people are comfortable with one and a half mana per card drawn. I'm yes. more of a one mana or less. So essentially, if two artifacts get put into a graveyard, then you've basically broke even in a lot of people's eyes. For me, you only need to draw three cards off of this to make it worthwhile. I think you'll get three. I, I couldn't sure. see why you wouldn't. Yeah. All right. My next one. Or my first one, I guess I should yeah, say for round, round one. one. It's not it's not as exciting of a card to kick off for the number one pick, but this is an enchantment. I think quest counters are gonna be very important oh. in Tatsunari. So quests for ancient secrets, 13 cents, single blue enchantment. Yeah. Whenever a card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, you may put a quest counter on quest for ancient secrets. Before I get to the next part, Soltai does have this reputation for being a little graveyard shenanigan-y. And I think you're going to have that in here. And I think you're going to have a lot of people removing, like using their enchantment removal as often as they can for your problematic yep. ones. So I think you're going to get to that five quest counters probably pretty easy. Remove five counters from Quest of Ancient Secrets and sacrifice it. Target player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library. Wow. This could do one of two things for you. Get all of your enchantments that people have just been getting rid of, or maybe you've getting milled. Get that back into the or library for access. Or you might be going against that problematic player that is a graveyard deck. Hey, this is my way to get your graveyard shuffled back in. Because Quest for Ancient Secrets, it's usually only going to really hurt one person at the table. Yeah. Many of your opponents aren't going to try to remove it. So I think this is a good base. And one mana, boom, one drop. I either do a damage to everyone or I get my toad. Yep, I Yeah, I agree. I think you hit the sweet spot here with the one drop that does something throughout the entire game. So this is really, this is a great pick. This is a great pick. Well, uh, we're going to take it with another great pick. At pick number two, uh, another fantastic counter base, oh, Kalani yeah. Heart Expedition. Colorless Slam green dunk, yeah. enchantment. It has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a quest counter on Kalani Heart Expedition. Remove three quest counters from Kalani and sacrifice it. Search your library for up to two basic lands, put them on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. To me, this has more weight than Kadama's Reach in this deck. Yep. It costs one mana less. It's an enchantment, so you get commander triggers, and it still ramps you straight to the battlefield with those basics. 
slam dunk. Um, like I said, green's going to do all the heavy lifting that you need in enchantments. Even green enchantments go get your land. So there you go. Yep. There you go. All right, Tuck, give us yours. So this one is uh, something that is kind of boxing. Oh my God. And it's way more expensive than I thought. We'll be going to get these. Uh, just a just a good counter removal um, or counter protection, and then also get you something to go with. So Destiny Spinner, pretty solid in a deck like this. A colorless and a green for an enchantment creature human. That's a two three. You get your enchantment drop on that creature and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. Three colorless and a green target land you control. Target land you control becomes XX elemental creature with trample and haste till end of turn, where the X is the number of enchantments you control. It's still a land. I feel like the, your commander is going to be shot and killed over and over and over again because people have this bizarro threat against him, right? And I think Destiny Spinner is going to be a great way to protect him, to stay on the board, protect your big swing and enchantments getting on the board, and give you something to do with all your enchantments that you have lying around, punching in for damage. Yeah, so here's the thing that I really like about this card. One, it's an enchantment itself, so you get yep. those triggers. Two, because it's an enchantment, that enchantment recursion, we can get Destiny Spinner back. Three, it's a spell that makes it counter, you become counter, uh, uncounterable. Sure. And then lastly, it's activated ability is usually something that I get scared of. Because a lot of times it's a land you control becomes the creature forever. I love that yeah, this is only until right. end of turn because it's like, you know what? I wasn't going to use this land for anything. Let me turn it into a 8-8 go swing and it has trample even so it's right. like if i get six through cool their next turn when they untap it's now a land again they can't target remove it i really like that no limit to that ability as well and i am saying i will say this right now this card is almost five dollars so it's it's going up grab them look through your binders if you got them and i would probably say guys if you do end up buying these like going out and buying it buy the foil you can get it for about seven and I would say less than, you know, it's about a 50% markup for the foil. That foil will probably be 10 bucks yeah. pretty soon. Yep. Agreed. We all know how this goes because this is the nightmare that we're living in. Yep. Well, Tuck, what's your round three pick? So this is some removal. This is a pet card of mine. And I think this is finally a deck that actually shows this card used to be super, super expensive. But since it got reprinted, it is no longer. We are talking about Obliette. So colorless and a double green for an enchantment. It's a, a uncommon, originally printed in uh, common that has when it enters the battlefield, target creature phases out until it leaves the battlefield. Tap that creature as it phases in this way. And just FYI, because phasing is a relatively new mechanic, quotation marks, ours and equipments phase out with it while permanents are phased out. They're treated as though they don't exist. So I think this card is really cute in a lot of things, but here, the fact that channels everything else and is a good piece of spot removal, um, I think it's it's got a lot of value to it. Gets around indestructible, gets around uh, monster mash sort of effects, and feeds into the enchantment theme that we're going for here. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think that's one of the better enchantment removal options than Sultai, because I think a lot of us, it's like, well, if you're doing enchantment removal, you probably want to do uh, the white one. Dark Seal Mutation? Uh, no, well, that too. But uh, <laughs> the, oh my gosh, it's the one that like comes in and it exiles it. And then like Oblivion, you can like. Do Oblivion Ring? Oblivion Ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that's usually the go-to for it. But this is, you know, the next best option. Sure. All right. All right. Here's what we're doing. We're we're not <laughs> done with our quest counters. Oh. We're, we're still on this bit. It's all, all quest counters all the time. <laughs> Uh, so for oh! my pick three, we're doing quests yes. for the Nilstone. 
a single black. It's a little under three bucks. It's an enchantment. It's a rare from Zendikar or World Wake. Uh, whenever an opponent discards a card, you may put a quest counter on quests for the Nilstone. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand and quest for the Nilstone has two or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose five life. Here's what I like about this card. It's one mana, so you can get it down early, get either your trigger off of the frog or you get the frog. Nobody is going to remove this. Ever. It's going to sit there and people <laughs> are going to forget and it's going to be turn 9, 10, 11. People have dumped their hands. Someone made them wheel and then had um, Narset out there. Something's yeah. going to happen. Quest for the Nilstone is start going to bang in people for five life at a time. And it's loss of life, not damage. So it gets around a lot of the prevent damage effects. So I think for one mana... It has enough late game implementations that it's still worth putting in. Let me ask you this before I say what I'm going to. Is uh, Are you doing a little bit of a discard card sub-theme in here with your enchantments? No, not really. Oh, okay. I was going to say, <laughs> that would be great. And I actually think, hear me out, Toad Rider, discard mill with ramp. Is this Is this the next commander I have to build now? <laughs> God, I hope not. You're done with Demir colors. Go build something else. Build something yeah, with red. More, more Rakdos. You got it. My <laughs> fifth Rakdos deck. Well, uh, for kicking off round four, the card I want to talk about, I think, is my final quest card. Okay. Um, and so we're talking quest for renewal. It's almost yeah. $5. Colorless green. Whenever a creature you control becomes tapped, you may put a quest counter on quest for renewal. As long as there are four or more quest counters on Quest for Renewal, untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. So the thing I found important about this card, and it does tie to my previous card as well, these two quests don't get sacrificed when they hit a certain number of counters. Oh. The first two actually do. So these guys will stay around forever and continue to give those effects, versus the first two, it's kind of like a burst, draw, right. ramp, whatever. So that's the number one. Number two, your commander lets you make your commander and the frog that it makes unblockable, but they get tapped. Right. Quest for right, renewal. Right. Now you're just hitting people for six that they can't do anything about, and you still have blockers. Yeah. And who knows what other things that are, hey, every time you cast an enchantment spell, make a Drake, make a Thopter, whatever it is. Whatever, yeah. Now you just kind of have a way that fits your deck. That's not just a boring, oh, everyone runs that card. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that there's, I think I have some cards in here that we'll talk to that can kind of give you some value, but also a lot of Voltron potential, right? Like, it's not much to get your commander to seven, and then it's just three swings away. Like, he's yep. got decent stats for how, how quick he falls out. Huge fan. Uh, this card also used to be about 25 cents when I first started playing. So buy him up now because it's only going up. Well, considering a foil copy is almost uh, sixteen fifty. <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. Well, Tuck, what is the not dumb fourth round pick you got? Uh, first off, I wanted to show you this can real quick. It's called Ma. He did it. It's got Mahi Mahi on it. It's a triple IPA. Uh, yeah, pr pretty pretty solid. So okay, you talked about ways to sacrifice creatures, right? So Correct. what if? I could turn a card that has a pretty sizable downside into something that's going to be a huge value engine. So we are okay. talking about blood funnel. So blood funnel is an okay. interesting one. 
a colorless and a black for an enchantment. Non-creature spells you you play, or cast rather, cost two less to cast. Whenever you play a non-creature spell, counter that spell unless you sacrifice a creature. Okay. And it's 350. Here's the issue. So I saw cards like this. Yeah. You only get the frog on the cast trigger if you don't control the frog. Right. So you would only get the frog every other cast. Every other cast. But then that means, though, on the other cast where you do get the frog, you then have to sacrifice your commander or something to be able to keep it. Or something else. Who knows? But I just, I don't know. At least in, like, the builds that I had, I really didn't have a lot of creatures floating around. So Mm. I'll say this. It's cute. I would like it more whenever you play a non-creature spell. Counter that spell unless you sacrifice a creature or this enchantment. Okay. I think that would be a little bit better. Uh, But we'll have to see at the end of the list. Because if we have 15 creatures in our combined list, then I think it's fine. But if we got like six, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But what if my next card allows you to turn things into creatures and then sacrifice them? All All for just three mana. Uh, we joked that this card sucks, uh, and more importantly that this set sucks and we have been proven wrong over and over and over again. I don't know what set you're talking about. I don't either, but I do know about this card. Oh Oko Thief of Crowns. Come on. Oh get, get a little noise for Oko. Colorless green and a blue for four. Legendary Walker Oko. It's a mythic rare from redacted set. Plus two, create a food token. Plus one, target artifact or creature loses all abilities, becomes a green elk creature with base power of 3-3. Three, three. Minus five, control, t- control, exchange control of target artifact or creature. Uh, you control a target creature and opponent controls the power of three or less. Uh, banned in, Pioneer, Modern, Legacy, Historic, uh, pretty much all of them, and $11. So the food tokens now you can turn into the creatures that you then sacrifice on the turns that you need to What you can't sacrifice. <laughs> when he can't sacrifice the frogs it's a perfect loop oh my gosh so i think this is now you guys are seeing what i was talking about while, at the beginning of the, the cast where this is like really slimy and sweaty oh and... this is dripping with sweat <laughs> uh but i love oko i'm here for it so um i, I don't uh, think any of your opponents will be but i'm Ki- here for it kaimi is not the only thing that is that is slimy in this deck Oh my gosh. Well, I will complete our round five with uh, just a no-brainer. Blood Cheap Ascension, single black, $24. The list list reprinting really helped out there. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, So at the beginning of each end step, if if an opponent lost two or more life this turn, may put a quest counter on Blood Cheap Ascension. Uh, Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere... If Blood Cheese Ascension has three or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose two. And if you do, you gain two. So I love this because your frog is just going to make people lose life. And so even if your opponents aren't doing it, you're going to have your counters within a turn cycle. Um, So, yeah. And it's one mana. And people will be scared shitless. But if you get this down turn one and even forego what your commander gets off of the enchantment casting, you're still doing great. Do your cards get more strong after these five or less? I'd say it's about the same. Jeez. Okay. Uh, I I think you are. I think we're building two very different decks here, which I like. <laughs> I didn't think my cards are strong. They're insanely strong. 
All right. Well, let's let's kick off round six with this card. Oh, uh, Titan's Nest. Colorless Soul Tie. You can get it for about 19 cents. It's an enchantment rare from Ikoria. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. Exile a card from your graveyard. Add colorless. Spend this mana only to cast that a spell that's one or more colors without X in its mana cost. So I love that the second ability, you can do as much as you want, add a bunch of colorless to your mana pool and cast something. And you don't got to worry about the X because I'm not doing X spells. I don't know about you. Um, yeah. And we talked about it. It's soul tie. Stuff's going to go in the graveyard. It's fine if it does. This is a card that nobody is going to target because of the... Guys, whoa, 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 calm down. I get it. I can activate the second ability a hundred times, but I can't use it for an X spell. I, I can't, you know, exsanguinate right. you to death. Yeah, right. It's it's fine. And so people are going to be like, oh, he has a good point. What are we worried about if he just gets 15 colorless mana? There's no spell out there for 15 mana that doesn't have X in its mana cost, but oh, contraire, mon cher... That stuff will help us just elevate. And even with your card, Tuck, with non-creature spells cost two less to cast. Right. You could almost be costing stuff for close to free with this card. Um, and it'll let you kind of filter out of the top. So I think this is a very solid grain for this deck. We are on round six and I haven't even gone. I'm like 99% sure I'm going to build this once we're done here. <laughs> you did it. Jesus. You did it. <laughs> How you know what's funny and, and collective? I'm curious if you guys remember this. I think when Tuck and I first started doing this cast, almost everything I recommended, he was like, "Trash, I hate it." Uh, oh, of course, you just do that card. I feel like in the last like three, four months, almost every deck that I've either built or done a deck tech like a theory craft with Tuck, he's like, "Oh, I'm building that." Like it's what so happened? Good. Like, have you adjusted or have I adjusted? I think you adjusted. Like, it, it's um. Not to get too far off topic here, but like all the ads you had for my creature only deck, I saw a bunch of them and they were all incredible. <laughs> like, I don't know. You're just on fire, man. I guess. It's incredible. Well, how do you feel about Titan's Nest? I think it's great. I mean, like, it's incredible. Like, I, I was just sitting here dumbfounded as being like, I think I need to build. Like, this again is another card where it's like, yeah, for 19 cents, I can build this deck for $100. And I already have half the expensive stuff just lying around. That's true. Wow. I feel You're making me feel good. I'm like sweating. <laughs> so it's so funny. Uh, so we have a mutual friend that uh, I did a panel interview with today because uh, he's looking to join my team. And Tuck, you'll find it hilarious. In the middle of it, he's like, hey, guys, I just, I just want to pause real quick. Um, my eyes are kind of burning. I, I just wanted to let you know I'm not crying. I, it may look like I'm sweating <laughs> or whatnot, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, so I'm like <laughs> coughing and it looks like I'm tearing up. I promise I'm not. Yeah, I'm just, having, like, I'm just having so much fun, guys. I'm just having so much fun. <laughs> well, Tuck, give us your round six pick. All right, so this is another one hot, hot off the presses because, for God's sakes, if you can't have one, if you can only have one frog, why not have a bunch? Uh, we're talking about Mirror Box, so three colors uh, for an artifact for about two sixty three. That price will go up. It's an artifact. The legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one. Each non-token creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control with the same name. As hey, a Tuck, do you, do you want me to, to ruin this pick for you? What? It doesn't work. Why not? Because literally Tatsunari says when you cast an enchantment spell, if you don't control a creature named Kemi, create Kemi. I stand by it. We will have other ways. <laughs> 
we'll have we'll have other targets we'll have other targets for this uh <laughs> moving right along uh i'd like to talk about the enchantment creature out of uh i'd like to talk to you about our lord and savior jesus yeah. christ <laughs> i'd like to talk to you about another creature that came out of thoros that's an uncommon uh colorless and a blue for Kalefi, beloved of the sea it's a star and three legendary enchantment creature demigod for 42 nine cents check that its power is mm-hmm. equal to your devotion to blue creatures and enchantments you control have spells your opponents cast that cost Spells your opponent's cast that target this permanent costs one more to cast. Uh, unlike some other cards that may or may not go into the deck, like my previous pick, this one is for sure a slam dunk. It's a creature that's an enchantment and also protects uh, both your creatures and your enchantments of the deck. I'll be taking no further questions. Mr. Combo, what is your seventh round pick? Uh, I will say this is a great card, so I'm very happy that you put it in here. Um, I was digging okay. for, for cards. And Skull of Orm slam dunk three colorless artifact you pay five colorless tap return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand oh it's a lot i get it five mana to get an enchantment just to your hand is a ton of investment but my mindset goes to the five is acceptable especially with like my quest ones where we're sacrificing them with our opponents they're going to be destroying them we need to fit we can't just be in soul tie and Say, well, if you blow up my enchantment, I'm never getting it back. Yeah. Can't do that. Um, And we're not doing a monster mash to reshuffle our graveyard. So Skull of Orm, it's a price-heavy mana investment. And I would even say for the effect, 330 for the card is a little steep. But if you're going to do this weird enchantment build where you're sacrificing and you need to be able to reuse them, you got to have this. Uh, White is the premier uh, enchantment coming back from the graveyard. So... You just need stuff like this, to be honest with you. So I agree. It's a little, it's definitely a little slimy, a little sweaty, but you got to yeah. have it in there. Well, kicking off round eight, and uh, for the record, my face hurts from laughing so hard. <laughs> I know. I uh, say <laughs> we're going to put in Holistic Wisdom. Colorless green, okay. green for 320. It's an enchantment. Two mana. Oh. Exile a card from your hand. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand if it shares a card type with the card exiled this way. I love this card because you can do it as often as you want. You can do it whenever you want. And it allows us, Tuck, to take the cheap garbage enchantments late in the game, like we talked about with your creature-only deck, right. uh, with, or like with Umbris with the nightmares and all the stuff. Eventually, the thing I challenge you with is like, what's this stuff going to do for you turn eight? Nothing. Right, right, right. Holistic Wisdom literally changes that script to where, yeah, turn eight, and I got... I don't know, quest for the Nilstone. Okay, I'll just pitch it and get right. omniscience back or draw, whatever. Yeah. Draw draw one of these one cards that you need early game, just bin it and get something that can come in and just change the scope of the game. Yep. Uh incredible. I'm I'm now 100 percent building this. I'm putting it here right now. <laughs> no question. Well, what's your round eight pick? So we talked about how there's not a lot of uh frog support, but what if we could just make frogs? We so built anything? this different. <laughs> What if we could just make frogs out of any creature that uh, that is a non-frog? So we're oh talking about God. a rope pal, croaking counterpart, colorless and simic. That's a blue and a green. Create that's a sorcery for twenty-five cents. Create a token that's a copy of target non-frog creature, except 
It's a one-one green frog. <laughs> Flashback: three colorless uh, green and, and a blue. So not only are you making a copy of the best creature on the board, it's also a frog that you could then give uh, unblockable. Blo- unblockable to effectively. Yeah. For 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 for, for so precious little. I'm good with it because it actually allows you to. So I think this card on its own take away the flashback. Sure. It's like draft chaffed to me. But the fact that you can flash it back to use it later, whether you bin it through one of the other effects or you did right. use it twice, I think it makes it fine. It's yep. it's fine. Um, I I wish it I wish it just became a green frog and not a one one because then it's like oh copy a blight seal colossus or something like that. Right, right. But that would just make it way too strong. So it's it's yeah, fine. I agree. All right, round nine. What do you okay. got? Um. Well, one of the thing about frogs that are really great is that not only they can you pigs. not only can you turn your own stuff into frogs, you can even turn other people's stuff into frogs and give it, give them unblockable to the turn. Oh my Frogify. god! Oh my god. A green for an enchantment creature. <laughs> enchantment creature loses all abilities and is a blue frog creature with base power one one. It's like Dark Steel mutation, but it, instead of going as a Frixian, it goes ribbit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Whatever you say. Uh, I like the card. Uh, Frogify <laughs> is actually one of my favorite removal cards in Magic. Yeah. I'm a big fan of auras that remove abilities and turn other stuff into other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Dryad Arbor. No. Uh, Song, Song of the, the Dryads. Dryads. Yeah, Song of the Dryads is like the premier one. Darksteel Mutation, another premier one. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a, I fully support these kind of cards. I actually try to find Tuck slots for Frogify and like Hasmina's Transmutation um, in other yeah. decks that don't even have anything to do with the enchantments because they're right, just right, good right. cards. Yeah, and here you're getting the benefit from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here you get a frog. Sure. <laughs> uh, so once again, guys, I'm on the train of we got to figure out a way to get our enchantments back. So I'm gonna complete ding, this round. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, uh, uh. You ready? <laughs> there we go. Uh, we got Crystal Chimes, three colorless artifact, three tap, sacrifice Crystal Chimes, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to your hand. Yes, this is a late game card. It feels real bad if you do it early, but I feel for a dollar, you have to have it included. You get all your quests back, then you dump, then you dump them the next turn for 10 damage or five damage, or whatever, and get out there. I kind of feel like Crystal Chimes is like a must have in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right. Round 10, a little over a third way done. We are talking a way to just make these enchantments work for us. So Agent of Erebos seems pretty good. Three colorless black enchantment creature zombie. It has constellations. Whenever Agent of Erebos or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. And it's a 2-2 for 44 cents. So uh, if you're playing your deck right, Every rotation, your opponent should lose all their graveyards. Yep. I completely agree. Um, I think uh, this is going to be a deck that really needs its lands to produce mana. So this is just getting... You You free up a slot for your... Um, the, the card Bog. that... Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, Or you can put Bajookabog in here. This just frees up a slot to put in any more mana producing lands that you would need. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, and I think the other thing with this, guys, is that it's not on cast, it's on ETB. So if you find ways to blink your enchantment type stuff, or even like a conjuring closet type of effect, you could then expund upon it even more. So, All right, Tuck, what's your round 10 pick? 
So this is a, oh look, it's not that one. Hold on. Um, so this is one that I this is another card that I really like, but I think it needs. I've never really found the right deck for it, but I think it's going to do a lot of work here. We're talking about Font of Fertility. So it's a colorless, or sorry, it's one green for an enchantment. Um, it's in common for thirty four cents. Uh, it has Calulus and a green sacrifice it. Search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. It's like effectively a worse rampant growth, but in this deck, yeah. it can also ping for something. It summons a frog, like we talked about with uh, many cards, and also uh, at the be- before the we even started, green's going to be providing enchantments instead of sorceries to pull lands out of your decks. Yeah, no, I it it is a worse version of like a Kalani Hard Expedition or stuff like that. One hundred percent. The thing, but the thing I like about it though is like Kalani costs one more mana to cast. This costs effectively one more mana to get the complete activation. But Kalani, you have to wait until you've played so many lands to get the effect. This, in theory, you play it turn one, turn two, you can immediately use it. So it's like, do you want the snap quitness, and it's just one land less? Or do you want to hold out and maybe get an extra land? Or if you could do both, like in this deck, you do both. Yeah, I completely agree here. So I think this is one that actually, I think this is a deck that can actually use this one pretty well. Well, what's your round 11 choose? I don't like this card. Um, <laughs> I don't think it should have ever been printed. But when you when we are building top down, as we are doing in this deck very well, the fact that we have a three mana commander means that Jeweled Lotus is going to come in and make a big show in this deck. Okay. I don't like it. I do not like it. Um, I think this card is stupid and shouldn't exist. But for those who don't know, it's zero for an artifact. It's a mythic. Sacrifice it at three mana of any one color. Spend this mana only to cast your commander. And it's currently $81. Uh, suck it to anyone who said that this card was going to go down in price. You fucking morons. Uh, myself included. Well, I, th- I think I think we all thought though it was going to get reprinted more because remember Arcane Signet was like yeah, thirty dollars, oh, yeah, right, yeah, and now it's like three bucks. Yeah, it's um, cheap. So, it's as cheap as a Soul Ring. Yeah, and I will say this, and then let you get on about Jeweled Lotus is I I don't I had a copy I got rid of it I have not seen a copy played ever. This is not as impactful as I thought it was going to be. I so. yeah, actually I don't I've never seen this in the wild. I've never seen this in paper. So. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. It's getting a turn one commander out in this deck is powerful. It's very good. And like we said, arbitrarily or not, he's going to die. So even feeding into him later, I have a feeling in this deck, this is really not going to be a dead card unless it's like some super fringe case, right? Yeah, that's fair. All right. Round 11. I'm pretty sure this is on your list. I'd be shocked if it's not. Um but we're talking Soltai Ascendancy. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, Soltai to cast. So uh, black, green, blue. It's an enchantment. It's a rare for 19 cents. Very cheap. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top two cards of your library. Put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest on the top of your library in any order. Here's what this does, guys. Just plain and simple. You rearrange the top two however you want or you yep. bend the top two. Um, I love this card because there's no condition that says, look at the top two, put one on top, one to the bottom, or one into the graveyard. It doesn't force you. You could choose anything you want. So great card for this deck. Slam dunk. It's like pennies on the dollar. No one's going to ever get rid of it. Great, great addition. All right. Here's where we're going to get a little slimy. Oh. Because it's a three-color deck. Rofello's Gifts. Green sorcery, 20 cents. Reveal any number of green cards in your hand. 
Return oh. an enchantment card for your to from your graveyard to your hand for each card revealed this way. Here's my justification. It costs one mana to cast. We're in three colors. And it doesn't say mono green. It's just green cards. So it could be a hybrid or sure. a multicolored. Even if it's a one for one, I cast this, reveal one green card, get one enchantment. You've basically paid for the card. So its floor is an average card in magic. Its ceiling is getting five or six potential enchantments back to your hand. Yeah. And in this deck, especially late game when people feel like, okay, he's done his crystal chimes. He's done this. He's done that. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's done this. I think we're good, guys. And it's like, uh, Ruffello's gift, I get all the stuff you hated back to my hand. And it only costs one mana to cast, so I probably have mana to cast these spells now. Right. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm building this deck. It's, uh, there it is. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason why <laughs> oh I wouldn't. Oh, my gosh. Well, Tuck, why don't you round out this round, and what is your round 12 pick? So there's not a lot of frog creature types that are good, but there is a couple. And this one, hot off a press, hot off the presses of a set I was super wrong about is Frog Hemoth, or Frogamoth, if you will. Three colors double green for a creature frog horror that's a four-four with trample and haste. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, exile that many target cards from their graveyard. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on Frogamoth for each creature card exiled this way. You gain one life for each non-creature card. Oh, I like that. So again, I think this is a Scott. This is a Scooty pick. Um, I think this gives a lot of utility into the second ability or what, however many abilities down deep of yeah. actually turning your frogs into beaters, right? Like an unblockable four four trample and haste is pretty good on its own. But the fact that you're going to get it bigger, it's going to become a threat. Is one. Of, this is one of the few frog cards that are actually good in the deck. Couple points. One. Depending on how many combat things we have, it'd be worthwhile finding a Soul Tide double strike if there's yeah. any way to do that. Because uh, it is deals combat damage to a player, not just like when it attacks. Right. Second thing, the great thing about this, and, and I know we basically say Tatsunari gives it unblockable, but it's unblockable unless they have Reacher flying. The fact that this has Trample, it's like, okay, you got one 2-2 two, two Drake and like 50 1-1 one, one Elves. Okay, I'll still swing at you and I'll yeah. still get two through, still get to do my thing. It kind of helps alleviate, because of the trample, the one downside, quote-unquote, that the commander gets from the unblockable. So I really like this, and totally agree. If it wasn't a frog, we wouldn't be talking about it. No, 100% not. And it's 71 cents, so what are you going to do? All right, well, round 13, are you okay. feeling lucky, punk? I am. I think this card is good. I am okay with it being... This is one that might be like the hundred and fifth card so aspect okay. of mongoose colorless and a green for an enchantment aura enchant creature enchanted creature has shroud when it's put into a graveyard from play return it to its owner's hand that's the aspect of mongoose so it's a double-edged sword i think giving your commander shroud is really good but if you do that then you're kind of cutting off a lot of the voltron aspects of it right you can't reassign this once this is out but if it dies, it's going to be a way to protect maybe the frog, maybe frog hemoth, these other cards that you don't care as much about. So I feel like situationally, this card could be really good, but you have to be smart when you play it so you don't bite yourself in the ass. Yeah, I I like it. This kind of reminds me of like Raincore. Yes. 
I like effects that enhance the creature you put it on, but then if they board wipe, you still get the enchantment aura back. Um, and essentially, this and Raincore Reed, if it's ever on the battlefield, unless the enchantment gets exiled, you're always getting it back. Exactly. The only way you don't is through discard and mill. So I think a great pick, and it's only two mana and only a dollar. But on the list. But on the list. So my round 13... We're going to be climbing. We are Hadana's climbing. So So a colorless Simic that's green and blue, legendary enchantment for about 350. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if that creature has three or more plus one, plus one counters on it, transform Hadana's climb. Then it transforms into a legendary land, winged temple of Araska. Uh, Taps, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Colorless Simic, tap. Target creature you control gains flying and gets plus X, plus X until end of turn where X is its power. So I want to break this down into two little chunks. One, Hadana's Climb. You can spread it out however you want to because it only flips when that creature that got the counter has three or more. So it's like, you know what? It's more advantageous for me to spread the counters around than get it flipped. You can do that. Or if you want to load it onto one or maybe the Frog Hemoth already has it, it's like, hey, I'll oh, just do it there, point, yeah. and now it's flipped. So that's the first thing. You get you get to control your destiny on what that enchantment does. Second thing, you get a land that's a, a, a manolith, sorry, uh, <laughs> but it's better than a manolith because it can then make your commander, who's quote-unquote unblockable, a now a 6-6. Or right. the token a 6-6, or Frog Hemoth a 10-10. Whatever it is, you're making something that basically has unblockable outside of reach and flying for a total of five mana. Two for the commander, three for here. And then the, the last thing... point. Sorry, go Well, ahead. the last point I'll give is when these flip lands die, they go to the graveyard as enchantments. We talked about enchantment recursions. We can get mm-hmm. Hedonis Climb back. The only thing I thought that was cute on this was I thought it was target creature gains flying. So if someone had... Wait, no. Never mind. Skip it. This card's incredible. <laughs> It's it's a, it's a, it's a jewel talking. Moving on to round fourteen, great pick. Round fourteen. Uh, so I got a I got a couple options here. So now I'm starting to bounce around. We're halfway through. Sure. I want to make sure you, that you don't think I just built solid gas. <laughs> so I think we're going to talk about Oversold Cemetery. Oh, this is a colorless black. It's an enchantment, and it does the following. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have four or more creature cards in your graveyard, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. In sentence, it's $17. A, I've never heard of this card. Really? I need like 15 copies of it. (laughs) Wait, you never heard of this one before? I've never heard of it. Wow. Uh, Foil copies, $54. That makes me sad. And... For me, this will be the 101st card for the deck just because I don't know how many creatures you and I are going right. to have. So for me, if you got 12 or more, I think this is worth putting in because it is just two mana right. from an, a cost standpoint. And I think this is a card that we talked about earlier, Tuck. Tatsunari is going to get targeted a lot. Oversold Cemetery lets you bin him to the graveyard. Hey, let me get my commander back. Let me get my commander back. Let me get my commander back. Because essentially, as long as you always have three creatures in your graveyard, when your commander dies, that's number four, and you're getting to pull him back out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I... 
this card's really good. This card's incredible. I really think it's going to boil down to the creature count, right? Yep. If we have if we have eight, it's like uh, I don't know, right? It's yeah. right on the edge. But I think to, I think we have both identified a lot of enchantment creatures, which helps double in this deck. And maybe that's like Absolutely. a note. Maybe that's a note for the builders out there. These enchantment creatures are going to do a lot more than the, what's just printed on the card, right? And to add to that, most of the enchantment creatures are from Theros, and they're cheap as hell. Yeah, so absolutely. You can you can get those for you could probably get the ten or twelve enchantment creatures you need for ten to twelve dollars. Exactly, exactly at most. All right, Tuck. Round fourteen closes out. We've talked about this card so often, and I think this is like one of the best cards that came out of your second favorite set, Modern Horizon Two. Okay, Nettle Nettle Cyst. This card Ooh, is okay. it, it's just bonkers in every deck that it's good in, right? Three colorless for an artifact, equipment, living weapon. So when it enters the battlefield, oh. it gets attached to a 0-0 Phyrexian Germ creature. Equipped creature goes plus one, plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control, and then equip two. Like, this card just does everything, right? It's a big cre- It's a big-ass creature on its own. You slap it on your commander. Now he's going into Voltron territory. No matter what enchantments you're playing... And it's like a dollar, it's $2, right? Like how many mm-hmm. decks have we talked about that this card has been an auto include in or someone were like, this card's incredible, right? Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those cards that we just, it's weird. We didn't hear a lot about it, but I'm right. starting to see it get played more. And I think what really made this card go over the top, and I can't remember which recent set it was, but it's the one where we got all, uh, it was the Adventures of Forgotten Realm, where we got all the food tokens and all the treasure tokens. Yes, and right. That's what made this card, because I think Modern Horizons 2 came out right before Forgotten yes, Realm. Yes, it did. Yeah, I think that's right. This just kind of snuck under the radar. I think if Forgotten Realm would have came out first, then this, it'd have been like, oh my God, look at what this card <laughs> pairs with. Right. But because it came out afterwards, it somehow went under the radar, because still for $2, this is very cheap. This should be a $10 card. Yeah, And you exactly. can get the foil. Oh, my God. You can get the foil cheaper than the non-foil. What? Oh, hell yeah. $1.88 opposed to two. I'll take, fo- I'll take four. Four I'll take as four. in Forerunner. And also, uh, speaking of four, today was the day one year ago I bought my Forerunner. So there you go. Big day he for me. He became that guy, people. He joined the, the Reddit. Uh, he got the bumper <laughs> sticker. And he has the seat coverings and a tattoo. And it's phenomenal. <laughs> well, Tuck, why don't you give us your round 15? Okay. Uh, this one's going to be, this is super quick. Um, it's kind of redundant, which is fine, but Whip, Whip Silk is a oh, very. Back and forth. Whoosh, uh, one green for an enchanted creature. Enc- oh, okay. Enchanted creature may block as though it has, as that as black. Enchanted creature may block as though it had flying. For a green, return it to its owner's hand. There's edge cases where you can start blocking drakes with your three threes. More importantly, this is going to be something that you can play, bounce back to your hand, play again, that sort of stuff, right? If you need to go on the defensive, you can slap it on one of your big uh, frog hemoths or something along those lines. But moreover, this is just a card that you can repeatedly cast, get those enchantment triggers, draw cards, so on and so forth. So I like it. Um, And the biggest reason... I didn't put it in here. I didn't put Alter the Brood in. But I do feel like a big thing of this deck is getting as many copies of the frog token as you can and figure out ways to sacrifice it. So I like this because it's like now you can start throwing the frog token as a blocker. And it's like, I don't care if it dies because I was going to cast more enchantments and I'm going to get another one anyways. Right, right, Um, right. So this is like a sack outlet, but not a sack outlet. And I like that. Yeah. 
plays into blood funnel, right? Like now yeah. you have something to, to play into to sacrifice it even faster. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. We're, we're going to get on to some cool picks here. Uh, oh. I've been I've talking just trash this whole time. It's just been garbage <laughs> cards. I disagree. I think these have all been awesome. We're talking dark deal. Ooh, the classic. It's colorless black sorcery. Each player discards all the cards in his or her hand, then draws that many cards minus one. Kind of had it earlier. There's some discard in here. There's some that. The bigger thing I look for here, I'm taking away my opponent's resources, and I have enough ways to get my enchantments back that I have zero care of what I just put in my graveyard. Right. So this is a way to completely shut down what your opponents can do, and then in theory, the rest of the game, they're going to be top decking, or maybe they only had three cards in hand, and now they're getting two. Um, And depending on where you are, I'm actually, I think I'm okay in this deck. If I only had one card in hand, it was a dark deal casting it. And my opponent say the, the person had the person with the smallest hand is four cards. Mm -hmm. I'm still okay doing this Yeah, because it's essentially a call it four, eight, 12 plus nine. It's a 21 card refresh. Yeah, They're getting nine fresh cards. We're discarding 12 cards. I think I think it has some flavor here. It's, what do you think? I think so. I think Dark Deal is is a really interesting card in the right deck. And I think in here... It's weird. I, I think you can play this... I, I would say this is almost a hops card in this deck versus a grain, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I'd say Where that's like you, you wait till someone's doing their thing and running their cards and drawing their cards. And you're like, oh, all those cards you just tutored, this hand, this meticulous hand that you've worked, I'm going to throw it away. And it doesn't even matter for me because I'll get my enchantments back. And the, the cards that I'm going to draw are just going to be better probably for this build. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. I think I'm here for it. All right. Round 16. I'm pretty excited about this one, but it's going to kind of depend on our creatures. You're going to have to know your deck when you build this with this card, Enigmatic Incarnation. You just need to know your deck list. It's like Food Chain. You got you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Or or not Food Chain. Um, Survival of the Fittest. No, not that. What am I thinking of? Uh, it's the one where you sacrifice and you go get one plus, but it has to. Equal. Uh, I think it's a green card. Natural Order. You keep yeah. you you do th- you do this. I'll I'll find All it. Right. Out. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another enchantment. If you do, search your library for a creature card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrifice enchantment's mana value. Put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle. Pattern Rebirth. Thank you. Uh, yes. So that's one where you have to know exactly what's in your deck. So that's where my mind goes with this. But but hear me out here. We talked about we think a lot of our creatures are actually going to be enchantments. Right, right, right. So this is going to make it flexible for us. Hey, let me sacrifice this five drop enchantment creature because I know my six drop enchantment is going to win me the game or the four drop gets me sanguine bond or exquisite blood. I mean, there's so much that this card could do. And this, I believe, is going to be a removal bait because you can't sacrifice. Yes, yes. It is going to force opponents. Okay. Do I get rid of the problem enchantment or the thing that keeps letting him tutor up creatures that are fucking with my board? I think right. it's going to be that. I think so. Here's the perfect thing, right? You 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 play font of uh, fertility, right? For one, then you play this at the end of your turn. You sacrifice it, and you're like, "What do you got to go get? I'm going to go to Destiny Spinner next turn. I oh. win the game, right? Yeah. Like, I think like I. 
I think this card has huge potential. I do think that this is one where you really have to look at the scale of it, right? Like, yes, I, I've run um, the uh, birthing pod and realized that I I only have three three drops in my deck. Birthing <laughs> pod is what I was trying to think of. Oh, birthing that, pod oh is, yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, like if you're like, oh, I'm gonna get stuck at two or four, or whatever. Maybe not. But if you look through what we've talked about, we talked about four drops. We talked about three drops. We talked about two drops. Slam dunk, in my opinion. Yeah, I, the only other thing I would say is if you guys are interested in this card for this deck, go look at Yison primers. Mm. That'll give you an idea because those people have to be the Yeeson, the Bard, and CEDH. You have right. to have your one, your two, your three, and you have the cycle. I'm right. not saying you need to have your whole game plan mapped out, but maybe look at those primers and understand how you know how many zero drops are putting in and one drops and two drops. And that may give you an idea of what I you like, should have if you want. I like how this. you. I like how you were like, oh. Uh, I didn't put any effort into this. This sound, this deck sounds awesome. It's, you're just that good. Are you just that good of a deck builder now? I guess. I mean, I built it in like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. I'm uh, I'm very impressed. Well, uh, let me hear what you got for round 16 because I bet you have something more impressive than I. I don't think so, to be honest with you. Let's. I'm gonna get this one out of the way. Um, Shimmering Wings. It's kind of the exact same thing that we talked about. So one blue for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchant creature has flying, and then you can pay a blue to bounce it back to your hand. It's 14 cents. To me, this is just another. Um, sorry, uh, I didn't come through. This is just another version of cutting down on the cost of punch, punching your commander and getting yeah. everything else. Um, it's a one drop that does something that's repeatable. See also Whip Silk. But uh, we talked about how there's going to be a lot of stuff in your graveyard, right? And sure. as much as we try, there's still going to be dead drops, and there's still going to be times where we have nothing to do with yeah. all these enchantments, right? So for me, um, Ephemia, the Cacophony, is going to at least give us something to do with those cards. So Colorless and a Black for Legendary Enchantment Creature Harpy that's a 2-1 and a Flyer. At the beginning of your end step, you may exile an enchantment card from your graveyard. If you do, create a 2-2 Black Zombie Creature Token. What? What are you laughing so, about? I'm laughing at this because don't you remember? This is the challenge we gave Tomer. Yeah, the Tomer, and he couldn't, and he couldn't do, do it. it. And I totally saw this when I was doing my list, and I was like, you know what? That's too cute. I can't do it. You know, I love right. that you put it in here. I, like I'm just saying, like if we're if we if this deck had white in it, then we're off to the races with the graveyard, right? But like yeah. you said, I mean, Skull of Orm, we're talking is like premier getting enchantments back to your hand in this yeah, thing. Or so eight. like. <laughs> You're, yeah, right. You're just going to have a graveyard full of shit that you can't do with. So you might as well just get something out of it, right? Like, that's very fair. That's very fair. I, I just found it hilarious that it's like as we were building this, I was like, man, this really feels like the deck we did with Tomer. Like when I was looking right. at a lot of my cards, um, and then sh and I, but then I saw that I was like, no, I can't do it. Bad, bad, Mister Combo. <laughs> bad, Mister Combo. <laughs> All right, uh, what do you got? Oh, no, it's me no, now. No, it's you, uh, yeah. All right. Go with me here. Ruthless Deathfang. Four colorless Demir. It's a creature dragon. It has flying. It's a 4-4. Four, four. For seven cents. Whenever you sacrifice a creature, target opponent sacrifices a creature. I think a massive piece of this deck is going to be sacrificing the Kemi Frog Token. Trying to get... It's like, I want to compound his, whatever you cast an enchantment, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. But I also want to compound on whenever a creature dies, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Right. And I think Ruthless Death Fang is more flavorful than uh, Butcher of Malakir. 
Butcher Malakir is a better card objectively than this for one more mana. But I do believe this makes it a little bit more fun. This is also going to make your opponents not target you as often. Yeah. See also Dictate of Erebos, Grave Pack, that sort of oh, stuff, sure. right? Like you saw on the stream, the first ever CMD Tower stream coming to you on Mondays, every other Monday. Um, you saw as soon as I played Dictate of Erebos, it was like everyone's yep. coming at, right? And I think, like you said, I think this is a f- the fair version of that. So keeping that in mind, I think this card is very interesting to it. Plus, you can still punch someone in the face for four, right? Like, Absolutely. life totals are going to be plummeting from these enchantments coming into play. Why not have a creature that can punch in, right? Well, the compound with that card for round 18, I want to talk about Ghoul's oh, Night cool. Out. <laughs> this beam card. got three colorless black black sorcery. For each player, choose a, a, a girlfriend, I mean creature card, uh, <laughs> in that player's graveyard. Uh, put those <coughs> cards onto the battlefield under your control. They're black zombies in addition to their other colors oh, and types, sure. and they gain decayed. And it's less than a dollar. So here's kind of my thought here. This is more of a spice card based on your hot profile. Um, And I did it specifically in this order because the dragon I just talked about, it's like, hey, we let Kemi die. You have to sacrifice a creature. And it's probably your best creature because you may not have a lot. So Ghoul's Night Out seems like a late game thing where I've been kind of, like I said, pseudo controlling the board. And it's like, well, for five mana, I could do Beacon of Unrest and just get one card from my graveyard to the battlefield. or for five mana, I'm going to get four creatures, one, the best card from each of our graveyards. And yeah, they get decayed. Who cares? It only matters when you attack. So you can keep right. them there. You can keep the best static effect creatures. You could, heck, bring your commander back from Ghoul's Night Out. There's a lot that you can really do with this. So I think it is a spice because we're not really trying to bring creatures back from our graveyard. But it's going to interact a lot with our hops. If you compare this to Liliana's or uh, whatever the seven black, black, all creatures come back. Oh yeah. Like this one's more fun, right? Like this is, this yeah. is a card that's going to show more fun gameplay mechanics. Um, so I, I'm here for it, especially for the cost, right? Like there's no downside to just trying this out. Yep. And think of it this way, Tuck, because actually this is perfect because we talk about how Sepulchral and Primordial, I hate that card. I think it's not good. Uh, Oh, this is way better than that. Well, think about it. That's seven mana and you get a a creature from each of your opponent's graveyards forever, but maybe you don't even hit. Maybe you get one of three that are even worthwhile. Yep. For two mana less... You're getting it from everyone. And yeah, I guess when you attack, you have to sacrifice it at the end of combat. Who the hell cares? Oh, it you can't pull, block? Oh, well. You pull you pull a bloom tender that you, after a board wipe, right? Like, that's amazing. Like, who cares, yep. right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm here for it big time. All right. Well, give us your round 18 big time. So I think we're playing around with the three threes, the two three threes that we get out of this deck, right? Okay. So, and oh, whoops, not that one. Sorry. Uh, this one instead. So I think the old standby Pestilence has a lot of wiggle room in this deck. Okay. So Pestilence is two colors, double black for an enchantment uh, that's like 25 cents. At the end of turn, if there's no creatures in place, sacrifice Pestilence. That's a good state in this game, right? If there's no creatures on the battlefield, everything's probably going well, right? Yeah. Um, and then for one black, it deals one damage to each creature and each player, right? 
So that means for two black each turn, you're dealing two damage to creatures, two damage to players. And then when you're playing your enchantments, you're gaining that life back, right? So I feel like this is a way to slow down the stemming of super fast token decks, but also chip in that damage into your opponents so that when you swing them with your frog, with your uh, frog hemets and your commander and, and the frog token, you're getting them even closer down to dying more efficiently. And I haven't gotten to it yet, but there's an enchantment that I'll be talking about soon that at the beginning of each end step, your opponents lose life to the life they lost this turn. Um, yes. that card <laughs> with pestilence is bananas. And considering those also compound with what Kemi does, the token yep. that your commander gives. So I am here for pestilence because even if it's like I'm just going to activate it once on every person's turn. Oh, that's only one life. No, it's actually like three or four. You just got to right. figure out all the things that combine. Exactly. So that one, that's a fun pick. I'm going to go to a basic one. We talked about it earlier. We can just move right through this. Rancor, if you're running a deck like this, oh. I think Rancor is going to do the work. One green for Enchantment Aura. Enchant Creature gains plus two, plus zero, plus zero and has haste. Uh, when it's put into the graveyard from Battlefield, return Rancor to its owner's hand. See also Aspect of Mongoose. See also every other green enchantment deck we've ever talked about on this podcast. Mr. Combo, your number 19 pick. All right. So, uh, once again, I pick terrible cards. Uh, they're very boring. Uh, I'm talking standstill. Ooh. Colorless blue. It's uh, almost $8. That's an enchantment. Wow. Whenever eight. Oh, my God. The foil's almost 100 Jeez. Uh, whatever a player casts a spell, sacrifice standstill. If you do, each of that player's opponents draws three cards. So, we love modal. <laughs> we love modal. Yes. It's two mana to also cast it, so it's not a big heavy mana investment. Right. This is the type of enchantment that if you're if you're playing the deck right, you should be able to cast it three to five times in a game. And mm -hmm. it's the last thing you do on your turn before you say pass. And do you want all of us to draw three cards? And that's it? Just like it, just, doesn't even, yeah. it doesn't even counter their spell. It's like, do you want each of us to draw three? And my hope with this card is like, they're not so much scared of us. They're more scared of like, what happens if the Brea player gets three cards? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. the mono blue player playing stacks or counter magic gets right, three right, cards. Right. Yeah, and like three cards is a lot, right? I mean, that's a ton, ton to get into. Yeah. Do you feel like you'd be surprised if this, if this, if you play this at the end of your turn and it goes a full turn cycle of no one does anything? Uh, Activates a few I, abilities. That, that is the ceiling. That is the best. That's the best scenario yeah. possible, in my time, opinion. Yeah, you literally just time walked, right? Like you paid two mana and took an extra turn, right? Yep. And think about this tuck. It's like, oh, you guys didn't want to do anything. I'll just pay two mana and my commander and my frog are unblockable. Hit. You guys Bam. still not going to yep. do anything. Two mana. Hit. And it's like, eventually, people are going to have to force it. It's like if you know someone has a force of will, someone has to do it. Right, And yeah. so that's why I think this card's fine, because also, it doesn't counter their spell. So if people at the table get hostile, you just say, guys, you can cast something. You're just going to let your opponents draw three right, cards right, each. Right, right, right. Like, what's the big deal? Like, don't be a baby about it. Right. Uh, Godfather always says, someone has to eat the last slice of pizza, right? And this is, yep. this is that, that's that philosophy on a card. Way more than hesitation or whatever the other uh, counterspells are. Well, for round 20, um, it's going to be real quick. It just literally feeds into everything we talked about. Yep. Mind Crank, I think, is a slam dunk in this deck. 
two colorless artifact whenever an opponent loses life that player mills that many cards uh kemi our frog token every time you cast an enchantment each opponent loses a life yep that's a card milled uh making our stuff unblockable our mechanators making you mill three the frogs making you mill three all the other things that have made you lose life are gonna make you mill cards i actually think tuck this is some sort of a weird sultai enchantment life manipulation deck it's 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 like this yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. A, it's like a loro but take out the white and put in green that's what this deck is it kind of feels like it yeah totally um and the best part is again to me building this deck 100 i just i have a spare copy of this lying around so add it in five dollars a five dollars they say well t- give us your round 20 okay so this one is <clears throat> it's going to be very situational dependent, but it's very strong. Uh, Estrid's Invocation. So oh, two okay. colors in a blue for an enchantment. Uh, it's a rare for $12. Uh, sure. You may have Estrid's Invocation enter the battlefield as a copy of any enchantment you control, except it gains at the beginning of your upkeep. You may exile this enchantment. If you do, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So you copy the best enchantment that you have, whatever that may be. And then at the end of turn, in my opinion, or sorry, at the beginning of your upkeep, you just exile it every turn, right? It's a free one damage, one life gain, every single upkeep, and then you're just going to keep copying the best thing that you have. Auras, static abilities, whatever you need. This is one of my favorite enchantments in the game. Really? Because of the flexibility. It's three mana, and you're flickering it every turn. What's the best thing I can be? Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, like it'd be that. like for no like, reason, guys, for nothing, right? There's no downside. <laughs> Literally, guys, imagine a science fiction world where if you could roll out of bed every day and literally be the best whatever you wanted to be for nothing. Just literally me getting out of bed and waking up my eyeballs. I'm just like whatever I want to be. Oh, I'm Dwayne Johnson today. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm Ryan Reynolds. All right, that's fine too. And the, like, fair, the fair version of this card is it takes out the enter the battlefield as a copy of any enchantment you control, right? Yeah. Like, okay, so you at least have to, it, it just comes down and then it says at the beginning of your upkeep, you cycle it and then it comes back in. But no, it doesn't even do that. Like, you don't even have to change it, right? No. Nope. Busted. Absolutely busted. So busted. All right, round 21. Uh, what do we have here? We have uh, a a newer card. And I think this plays right into your idea of losing and gaining life, right? So Dina soul steeper Golgari. That's a black and a green for one, three legendary creature, dried druid. That's an uncommon from Strixhaven. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses a life, which is pretty much all you need. Um, then one colorless sacrifice, another creature. It gains plus X plus zero until end of turn where X is the sacrifice creatures power. I like that. Get rid of Kemi, be able to get another one. Exactly, right? Like, it's pretty straightforward, um, but it has a lot of utility. This chip life is going to add up, right? Like, mm-hmm. one damage, one or two damage over courses of turn equals 10, 15 damage comparative to the damage you're dealing with your commander and with Kemi. Yeah, I think it's great. All right, man. 21. Oh. It was coming. Lethal Vapors. <sighs> Let's go. Two colorless, black, You're black, a monster. All right, I don't like this deck anymore. The last, the last three. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, destroy it. Zero <laughs> mana. Destroy lethal vapors. You skip your next turn. Any player may activate this ability. So hear me out. You and I love modal. We love yes. choice cards. Yes, we do. Yeah. You have to have your commander out first. That's the key. Got to have your commander out. Once you have your commander out, though... Every time you get your Kemi token, 
You have to sacrifice it, basically destroy it, which triggers a myriad of other effects. Whenever a creature dies, this happens, this sure, happens, yeah. this happens. And then you know what happens, Tuck? Your opponents don't like it because they don't have enough creatures, so someone skips their turn to destroy it. We're in a enchantment recursion deck. We're getting it back. <laughs> we're replaying it. And now you guys, you guys, who wants to skip their next turn? Who wants to do it? Anyone. Anyone can do it. Do you want to? <laughs> this is like single Aaron's favorite card that's ever been printed besides uh, uh, the toxic cloud, the death cloud or whatever it oh, is. Oh, God. It's, this, is, this, is, this one's too much. You, you've gone too far, but I like it. Uh, <sighs> God, lethal vapors. I hate this card. I hate well, it. Well, so let, let's continue the interesting train with oh. molting snakeskin. Enchantment aura, enchant creature. It gets plus two, plus zero, oh. and has two colorless black. Regenerate this creature for eight cents. Yeah. It's kind of effectively like your gift of immortality type effects, but we can't do that because we don't have white. Right. How else can I keep my commander alive when people are constantly killing it? Or maybe even, Tuck, there's a version of this deck where you're constantly board wiping but you don't want your commander to die. So it's a, it's a right. dark steel plate. No, let's be on theme with an enchantment. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it regenerates really hard to play around as well, right? Like it, it's kind of a because no one understands it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like that's I was I was listening to um, MTG Goldfish's podcast that are like regenerate. So okay, we already got phasing back. Now it's gonna be regenerate. Now there's gonna be a whole slew of cards that deal with regenerate. Where's this banding? Yeah, Pandy never, never, never coming back. <laughs> All right, Tuck, round 22. What do you got? There's going to be, oh, not that one. Sorry, this one. Nope, this one. There's going to be a lot of board wipes. There's going to be a lot of things going around, and mm. protecting your commander is going to be critical. I Highest love this ghost card. form. It's, it's so bonkers. Like, yeah. one blue, or sorry, one blue, one, one black for an enchantment aura, enchant creature or planeswalker you control. When enchanted permanent dies or or is to put in exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. We're gonna be playing enchantments. We're gonna be playing them from the graveyard. This is a one drop that protects pretty much anything you need. If you need yep. to protect the frog ahemoth, there you go. If you need to protect your commander, there you go. The only thing it doesn't protect, which is is Kami or Kemi, but it doesn't matter because we want that to die anyway. So what's yep. the difference? Very yeah, efficient, very low to the ground. Great one drop card. Surprisingly, you don't see this played a lot in Commander. Yeah. I I would guess it's because of the singleton piece. I know when I played on Arena, my 60 card usually had two or three of these in the mm -hmm. deck. And th every time I played it, it was like amazing. So yeah. I could totally see how this works. Pretty straightforward. And we got to do it. I'm, gonna, I'm doing it now before I forget. Uh, we're gonna put a soul ring in this. We're gonna put a soul ring in here. We have to boring so, turn whatever. We're good. I'm, I have I have nothing but heat for the lightning round. I'm getting all this out of the way now. Soul ring for those who don't know is one colorless an artifact. Tap add two. You can. It's a turn two commander. Here you go. <laughs> Moving right along. Well, well, I'll complete round twenty three with one of Tuck's favorite mechanics: curses. <gasps> Let's talk curse of leeches. Ooh. Two colorless black enchantment or a curse uh, from uh forgot uh no a uh, midnight hunt. Yes. And you can get it for about 30 no 20 cents. Really cheap. Enchant player. As this permanent transforms into curse of leeches, attach it to a player. Well, why would we talk about that? Yeah. Well, it's the most frustrating mechanic in all of magic. It does have <laughs> day bound and night yeah. bound. <laughs> and it does state at the beginning of enchanted players upkeep, they lose a life and they gain a life. So as an enchantment curse, it's doing what we want. Drains our opponents. But let's just say if it does become night bound. Well, it becomes then leeching lurker. 
Uh, it's a Leech Horror, it's a 4-4 four with Lifelink and Nightbound. So uh, if someone casts two spells on their turn, it becomes a day, and this will flip back into a curse. It's kind of like Hadana's Climb. Right. The enchantment side is probably the most impactful. But if it yes. does flip, and it gets removed, well, it's in the graveyard as an enchantment, so you can now get it back. So I think for a low cost of 20 cents and a low mana cost of three, this hits a lot of notes for this deck. More importantly, it adds in another stupid mechanic that should never have been perverted. So I'm here for it. I love it. I do agree. If it gets flipped, it's not near as good. But mm -hmm. the only the the positive of that is okay. This person's been draining. This person's beginning life. It flips over. Let's just dump it on to someone else, right? Like we'll dump it on the next yep. person that's highest. We'll start the cycle all over again. So it's very cute, sure. Mister Combo. Very very cute. Well, let's continue the cuteness with round twenty four and Curse of the Restless Dead. Oh, two colorless black. Oh. Also from Midnight Hunt. Enchant player or a curse. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under enchanted player's control. You create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. So it can't block. I want it to attack. Sacrifice it at end of combat. I could care less. Hey, uh, Tatiova, how about one of these? Yeah. How's, how's it going, guys? I have a, a copy of this card. I'm building this. I'm building this the way we are doing this. I love it. It's all these cards that like are always things that I like. And we like. there's finally a place to put them in. They're finally here. Man, look at that guy. I'm excited. I'm excited. He, he's getting excited, but then it'll be like a month from now, and he's like, hey, you remember that deck? I already dismantled it. Yeah, it's already gone. <laughs> well, Tuck, complete round 24. So I think these class cards are not played enough, and I feel like Wizards okay. class is going to do a lot of work in here. Um, one blue for an enchantment class uh, that has three levels, I guess. So the first level is you have no maximum hand size. We will be drawing cards. We do not want to forcibly discard our own cards. We want to be able to choose when they go out, right? That's fair. Um, That's fair. Two colorless and a blue. When it becomes level two, draw two cards. Not the best rate, but if you have nothing else to do, you get up there. And then finally, four colorless and a blue. Whenever you draw a card, put a 1-1 one, one counter on target creature you control. Dump them on the frog. Dump them on your commander. We're dumping into Voltron, right? We're, we're going to be doing enchantment stuff. We're going to be drawing cards. And I think this card is just fringe enough to stick around the entire game. It's sort of like a reliquary tower, but you have to pay one for it with a little bit of an upside. You know, the the I think this is a deck that can use class cards and um, sagas better than other decks. Because I yes, I feel like other decks struggle. With the enchantments and, okay, this one's static effects are fine. Or, ugh, the level up and then what if they blow it up? Because I know I have that issue. Like, yeah. what if I put this card on the board and then I dump 10 mana into it and then you guys blow it up before it's I can even dead. do the yeah. cool thing? It's just dead. At least this, it's like, well, at least I can bring it back. Um, right. So I, I think that's very cute. I really like that. I, I'd love to hear how those class cards or saga type cards really function in here. Absolutely. Um, next one's another thing we talked about um, when we are playing enchantments and generating creatures. But what about when your opponents do stuff that you don't like? <gasps> Let's get those things going. We're talking about 
Not that one. Oh ignore, my God. The, ignore, ignore this. Ignore this. Ignore this. Ignore this. I was about to say, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that, but that okay. doesn't seem right. That'll be, ne- that'll be the next one. That's, that is in the deck. Ah. I apologize. That was a misclick. Uh, Arasta of the Endless Web. So two yep. colorless green green for three five legendary enchantment creature spider with reach. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, created one two green spider creature token with reach. I think this card, if it wasn't an enchantment, would be significantly worse in this deck because it would just be kind of generic. The fact that it's an enchantment herself that counts to everything else. And then as people are going crazy with draw spells, counter spells, and that sort of stuff, you're slowly building up your resilient army that you'll then be able to swing with impunity with your commander, with everything else that you have going on in your deck to be able to knock people's life totals out. So this this is interesting. I, I think it's a cute card. I swear, wasn't there some card that makes spiders and they're actually enchantment creature spiders oh um, yeah um totally this card uh renowned weaver uh sacrifice renowned weaver put a one three spider enchantment creature token on the reach with battlefield oh that kind of sucks uh i thought there was something <laughs> that like made enchantment spiders um and that would be really really cool right. but arasta on her own is a great pick um she i think if you can make tokens that have reach flying sucks to go against when you got nothing to do with it so great great choose all right round 25 here we go demonic appetite i'm very hungry enchantment aura (laughs) for six cents enchant creature you control enchanted creature gets plus three plus three at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice a creature (laughs) and it costs one to cast wow that's really good that's really good Throw that on your commander. You sacrifice Kemi every uh, upkeep. You get a Kemi back. Who really cares? And now your commander is doing six damage, a turn unblockable, quote unquote, versus three from the commander and three from Kemi. I'm I'm building the stack. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, All right. Round 26. See, see, we're getting to the cards, and I'm trying to figure out like what's what's fun, what's hot yeah. gas, I should say, for the lightning round. And I think we're gonna go. You know what? I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna go a little boring. I'm gonna go with some meat and potatoes. Lay line of okay. anticipation. Oh, um, yeah, have to have it. Yeah, you have to have it in here. You have blue. You care about enchantment. So lay line of anticipation. I don't even need to look it up. Two colorless blue, <laughs> blue. Um, <laughs> and if it's in your opening hand at the beginning of the game, you could have it play, start the game with it on the battlefield. Uh, but it basically is an enchantment that states you may play non-land cards as though they had flash. So yeah. whether it's from your hand, graveyard, top of library, if you have something that allows you to play from other areas, ley line of anticipation will let you do that. And that does become relevant because there are cards that say you may play an enchantment card from your graveyard once per turn or do yep. this once per turn. So ley line gets around that for you. Yeah, slam dunk. Um, if you're playing blue and you're playing non-instance sorceries, you need to have this in here. Yeah. 100%. All right, Tuck. Round 26, go. We are going to plow through this and be very quick about it so we can get to the fun stuff at the at, at the lightning round. Because this so, episode's been super boring so far. Yeah, it's not been fun at all. I'm, I I got a few heaters in here for the lightning round um, that we can go through. So first off, wild growth, um, pretty much a staple in this sort of deck. One uh, one green for an enchantment aura, enchant land, enchant land. As, whenever enchant land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional green. It does pretty much everything you want in here. This is like a better rampant growth to some extent. Obviously, it, you could get mana screwed, but 
I think that's pretty low on the chances of happening. Uh, and then the other one I had was spoiler alert, carpet of flowers. Uh, I only put this in here because I still, the group that I play with now is so much different than the group yeah. I'm used to playing in Kansas city that I still haven't put this into a deck. Cause wow. like, no one plays counter spells. No one plays tutors. So opposition agent worthless. Um, like in very few people play blue in the sense it's supposed to be played. No one plays huh. dual lands. It's wild. Like we're it's a whole new thing out here, but those who are initiated carpet of flowers is one green for an enchantment during your main phase. You may add up to X mana of one color to your mana pool where X is the number of islands target opponents controls. That's each main phase. Um, probably very good in the right meta in here. It's a one drop enchantment. That's going to fly you through everything else yeah carpet flowers is great um <laughs> i think i think there's been some sort of statistics done with it that you run it no matter what if you're in green because really it's like there's always i think there's like a 33 percent or 40 percent chance that there's a blue player at the table um mm-hmm. and you're going to get the effect off of it and think about it once again like is is the card worth it for one mana if you get two mana every single turn probably that's what you pay for a soul ring, right? Yeah. So it's like, as long as you get two, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And in- interesting. Well, I'm going to complete out the normie round or normal round round 27 with cunning rhetoric. Uh, Tuck, hold your britches. It's now $6 and 50 cents. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> this means uh, I was going to play it. <laughs> two colorless black. It's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent attacks you and, or, one or more Planeswalkers you control, exile the top card of that player's library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. So, few different things. Um, this commander is going to make people hate you, as we've talked about, so people are going to be hitting you. And then they're going to hate you even more when you're doing all these annoying-ass enchantments that do stuff. Uh, so they're going to want to hit you even more. As long as you can get a, a little pittance, like you're going to pay the just a taste for God's sake, my bridge <laughs> just to cross my bridge. I'm going to get your card. Uh, it's going to be exiled. And even if you get rid of cunning rhetoric, I'll be able to cast it forever. So I think this card is a very critical piece for the bulk of your deck. So good. So good. Indeed. So good. Well, that means we're at the lightning round. The final five picks for both Tuck and myself. Um, I know Tuck's been talking a lot of game that he's been saving up some cards. So, Tuck, I'm Me just going to have to have you start it. Pick 28. Right. What are you going? We've been, talking right. about, we've been talking about frogs and graveyards and permanents. So- Let's talk about Kifkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in that case, I'd like to put in Blood Gift Demon. Uh, three colors. Don't, no, uh, no. Uh, we're putting in a commander that I think is going to be an all-star in this deck because it's going to make you croak. Because we're talking about Grolnok the Omni. <laughs> Two colors, green and a blue for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, a frog. Whenever a frog you control attacks, mill three cards. We're fine with that. Whenever a permanent card, we're playing enchant, we're playing enchantments, is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter on it. You may play lands and cast spells from one card you own in exile with croak counters on them, as long as you're on the battlefield. Is it what you would say fragile? Sure. Um, is this going to get path to exiled and you're going to be out 25 cards? Highly likely. 
Uh, but the one chance we're going to be able to swing with Frahiga, Kemi, or Kermi, Grognak, and another card we'll talk about it here in a little bit, you're going to get your value out. And your, your draw and ability to cast spells is going to be unparalleled. And wow, it's four, it's 23 cents. <laughs> wow. I told you I had some heat. Uh, this is some fragile heat. That's for sure. It's like a match in a snowstorm. Uh, I guess it could burn you, but it can also just get snuffed. Sure. Did you just read that on the online? That is a great analogy. Where'd you pull? I know you don't read. Where did that come from? Oh, I just made that up. Wow. That's incredible. Well, um, I, 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 hate, I hate to. I hate to say this, guys. My pick is going to be a little more boring than that, but I still think it's fun. So my uh, round 28 pick is going to be Cruel Reality. Oh. I feel like this is a game winner in the deck. Yeah. Five colorless black black enchantment or a curse for about $4. Enchant player. At the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, that player sacks a creature or planeswalker. If they can't, they lose five life. By the time you're casting this for seven, you've probably drained your opponents a fair amount. They're probably yep. in the 20s. To be able to get this, it's like, oh my gosh. I have to have creatures. And then you pair this tuck with Pestilence. It's like, I'm actually going to make sure you have no creatures. Right. You lost a bunch of life. And Cruelty is going to drain you for five. How does that feel? Hidden tech, you attach it to yourself and sacrifice the, the frog every turn. <laughs> That is weird tech. That, I mean, if you there's going to be a situation where you play this, where that will come into play and be important. I guarantee well, it. I guess. <laughs> now, actually, the question I have, Tuck, uh, in quick response, do you put this on the go-wide token player? Or if you have a go-wide token player, do you ignore them? Because it's like, man, they'll just sack a 1-1 each time. Let me put it on the Planeswalker player because they have so few creatures. Where do you go? The so few creatures? Or you got more than I know what to do with? Board state dependent. I think if you have this in Pestilence, yeah. it's up to you, right? I No, I take that back. If you have this in Pestilence, you put it on that the token player, and they're effectively out of the game, unless they draw Crush Contraband or something, right? Um, but I think normally this is this is best suited in like finding the players who have a commander that's a big target that's going to die often, are playing that bigger range stuff, where if you board wipe them, and they may not have a chance to come back, right? Okay, fair enough. Well, what is your pick 29? So you brought this card up to us. It is from Redacted Set, unfortunately. Um, and we played this. This card single-handedly won the game for the the last budget build for the player who had it. Both times he played it. Revenge of Ravens. This card is insanely oh, yeah. good. Yes. This, is, this was a sleeper of yours, if I remember correctly. Three colorless and a black for an enchantment. It's an uncommon from Redacted Set. Whenever a creature attacks, whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, that's why it's so good. Exactly, that creature's controller loses one life and gains one's life. Um, I am gonna actually. This one's really budget. Um, there's one that I think is potentially a little more interesting, which is Marchesa's the uh, decree, which is the same thing, but you gain monarch. And then whenever a creature attacks you, they lose one life. You don't lose one life, right? But unfortunately, that card is like $4. Revenge of Ravens, it's like 70 cents. Yeah. So what's more important to you? Monarch, life gain. I will tell you this. It's Monarch every single time. But yeah, Revenge, of Revenge of Ravens is bonkers any way you cut it comparative to uh, the decree or not. 
Yeah, the short thing I would just say on that, Revenge of Ravens completely shuts down go wide token decks, like yep. hands down. And I think of this deck and the build that we're doing and the colors we have access to, your go tall, I'm not concerned. Oh, you want to swing at me with three dragons that are ten tens? I probably have a murder or I have an obelet or things like that or that I can whatever, just deal or, with it. Or, or like, like enchantment creatures I'm happy to block with and bring sure. back next turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest thing with this deck is I think the go tall, you are not worried about. Mm -hmm. I think it is the go wide that it's like I could get overwhelmed and this yeah. completely negates it because it's not even if they deal damage, their controller right. loses a life. It's when they attack. So, oh, I attack with 50. Oh, and I got lifelink. I'll gain it back. Well, you're dead before you even deal damage. And it like, and, and when I saw it, I had like three creatures and the person was wide open. It's like, well, so what? I, I'm going to swing three. I lose three. They lose two because of how the math works out. Yeah. For nothing. For a pittance. For a pittance. Well, my pittance for round 29 is Fate Unraveler. Oh, so bringing yeah. in enchantment creature, Hag, Hag. Uh, <laughs> for three colorless black, 70, uh, 64 <laughs> cents. Uh, it's a rare, it's a 3-4. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Fate Unraveler deals one damage to that player. The only reason I include this in the deck is because it's an enchantment creature. Yeah. And card draw, I'm not a big card draw person, but other people seem to like it. And hey, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to pay some life. So this is like the anti-monarch card. And I, that when I, I saw this recently where we were playing monarch and it was getting passed around, people were like, I don't even want it because I'm at 10 life and I can't, I can't lose two life next turn because I'm dead. <laughs> That's great. That makes me happy. Well, Tuck, give us round 30. Okay. You only got three picks left. You got to be careful. But we do have more frogs to talk about. Jesus. <laughs> of course we do. And they start getting a little worse. But this one is interesting. So... Armurid Scavenger. This is another Scooty Shuffle picks. Two colorless and a black for 3-3 protection from black frog beast. It's been errated. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you put a card from your graveyard on the bottom of your library. So it can get unblockable. It already kind of has unblockable for a lot of things. So you're swinging in. You can slap some enchantments on it. And if you don't have the things to get things back into your library, this at least can get things out of your graveyard. So they're not going to get exiled. It's not the best card in the world. This one is dripping with sweat, but it's very interesting, and I'm pretty sure I have a foil somewhere lying around. Well, hey, you better save that foil all of 70 cents, baby. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I will say this. This, to me, is a spice card for the deck. 100%. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Okay. <laughs> Fair yeah, I, I, I think I would probably put this more into a grain section or even hops, if we had built this deck with more tutors, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where this card becomes very powerful. Like, yes, oh, yes, let yes. me put my enchantment that I need to go tutor to get. I, I think that there's a cool play there. Uh, but right now, I think it's just a fine spice card. Oh, you blew up some stuff. I don't have my recursion yet. Let me get Leyline of Anticipation back in there. And eventually I may get to it. Exactly. All right, Tuck. This is a doozy. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, just take a journey with me. Just... On the Wait, hold on. Yogg Let me get a little agenda. Uh, we are talking three colorless black black Yogmoth's agenda for 40 cents enchantment. You can't cast more than one spell each turn. Okay. You may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card we put into your graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So here's where I really like this card. <laughs> what? Leyline of Anticipation. We now get to play an enchantment oh. every single turn. And we get our Kemi trigger, and now we maybe milled some lands. Let's get some, we can now play lands. It just 
opens it basically gives us that Yogmoth's bargain type of freedom with the stupid restriction of can't cast more than one spell each turn. Guys, no. we're insulting. You're trying to play instant speed also. So if I play a permanent at inst or normal speed on my turn, I'm cool doing instant speed on everyone else's turns. No, and no, no, no. It just Go ahead. This this is a this is the best modal card in the deck. Oh, really? I didn't I don't have to sell you on it anymore? No, because well, okay. It's dependent on you having Leyline Leyline anticipation is going to be a slam dunk in this, right? Yep. If you have Leyline of anticipation out, you you have if you have this and Leyline, you've won the game. Cuz here's why. Okay, what do you want to do? I'm only playing one one I'm only playing one spell on my turn. What can I do on your guys' turn? I don't know. Do you have responses? Well, do you want to blow this up? And then I can cast all the spells in my hand that I just got back from Crystal Chimes? Sure. Or, well, do you want to blow up Leyline? That's fine. I'll just cast it next turn. Like, do you think that's going to stop me? <laughs> it's, ins it's insane. <laughs> okay. See, because the, I mean? the only thing I was worried about is that it is a static effect. If stuff goes to your graveyard, it gets exiled instead. That does that's, really yeah, suck. Yeah, that's tricky. And that, but that's, like, that's usually the big negative of any Yogmoth insert title card. Yeah. But I don't, but I think to your point, you're not, this isn't a card where you're like, okay, turn five, I'm playing this, right? Correct. Like, yeah, this, guys. Is, this, yeah. this is what you're going to hold on to until you're like, okay, I've assembled the, I've assembled the pieces. It's, to me, this is a yeast card, to be honest. Well, good. I like it. Maybe. I'm, I'm I don't glad. know. I like it. It's cool. All right. Well, give us your round 31. Um, okay, so this one is my one boring card of this, um, but it has to be said, uh, Mirror Maid is, again, from that stupid freaking set, but this card is just insanely, insane value. Like, it just always is. So, colorless double blue for an enchantment. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or enchantment on the battlefield. We all talked about copying other enchantments that you control. You need the mana. Cool, I'll get that Gilded Lotus. Or you need... Um, Protection, great. I'll get that propaganda that you guys have over yeah. there, right? Like, the utility of this is just beyond yours. Anything else, like, for the mana cost and for the price, two bucks, it's just through the roof. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I hate that we keep bringing up cards from that trash set, but it's hard to avoid it. There's, like, four today. <laughs> God. All right. You know what? I really like three-color decks. And you know why? Because it lets me bring the ultimate warrior to the battlefield. Oh. So for round 31, emergent ultimatum. Two black. Wow. Three green. Two blue. Sorcery. Search your library for up to three monocolored cards with different names and exile them. An opponent chooses one of those cards. Shuffle that into your library. You may cast the other two without paying their mana cost and you exile the spell. 80 cents. 80 uh, cents? Really? Wow. Yeah. There's no loss here. And if you look, I think if you look through our deck, we have very few multicolored spells, right? A handful. Yep. You're going to find the three that are going to help you win the game. I thought this card was like $10. No, 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 no. And and here's the thing, Tuck. Um, okay, I'm going to go get Yagamoth's Agenda, Leyline of Anticipation, and Omniscience. What what are you picking? Yeah, how do you how do you win, right? <laughs> like how do you how do you how do you beat that? Yeah, <coughs> I, I've really enjoyed that card, especially in decks that can make it super impactful. Like I run it in my Jota deck because it's like, OK, I'm going to go get Expropriate. I'm going to go get uh, whatever. The, well, no, usually it's Expropriate, the two extra turn spell. And then oh, uh, like Nexus, stretch, yeah. of, 
Yeah, and then like a Nexus of Fate or something, or an Omniscience, and it's like, what? What do you want to do? Merry Christmas! You're gonna give me, right? you're gonna give me like 18 extra turns. You're gonna let me play stuff for free from my hand, and you have no idea what I got. Uh, Emergent Ultimatum. If you're able to cast it, your opponents have no good choices. Yeah. So, so let me rephrase that. If you cat, if you cast it and you choose the cards correctly, there should be no bad choices. Oh, you could okay. punt. That's right. right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last pick, Tuck. Give us your worst. Everyone laughed at you when you bought that frog secret lair. They all laughed at you. We all had a good time, huh? But what they didn't know is that we secretly have one of the best mono black commanders in the deck that can attack with impunity. Because we were talking about, you might want to take off your uh, headphones for this one, Mr. Combo, because in three, two, one, we are talking about Yargo! Are you seriously putting Yargle in here? Yes! Why, why wouldn't you? Four colors in the black for legendary creature, frog spirit, 9-3. Wait, check that. Unblockable frog spirit that's going to get you croak counters, punch people in the face, suit them up with all your other enchantment stuff. Let's go. There is no downside to have this in here. Put nettle cysts on him and make him unblockable. He's going to be like a 24-24. All for a pittance. For a pittance of five mana. The best, the best frog wow. in the deck. The best frog in the deck. And that's how I'm ending it. You, you have to have the Yargs in here. Wow. Uh, the only thing that's worse about this card is that they didn't give it partner. Oh, yeah. Or the fact that it dies the lightning bolt, <laughs> more importantly. <laughs> no, that's actually the best part about it. Um <laughs> But rounding up my round 32, I alluded to it earlier, oh, but this, God, yeah. this to me is the staple of the deck. Yeah. This is what makes the deck win. Wound Reflection. It's going to be seven bucks. It's expensive. Five colorless black enchantment. At the beginning of each instep, <laughs> each opponent loses life equal to the life they lost this turn. You're going to be incrementally draining people, and it doesn't have to be damage. It's just loss of life. Yeah. If people blow it up, you're in an enchantment recursion deck, you're going to get it back. This card is the glue for at least how I approach this deck. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, this is gonna, this is this one card is gonna cost people what twenty life over the course of a game if you play it right. Oh, hands down. Yeah, hands down. Well, that is the actual deck. Now let's actually take a look into those deck stats. All right, so we're over here. We're with our deck stats, and boy, Tuck. Uh, it's all over the place. This is doable, though. This is this is absolutely doable. Uh, let, let's. Hey, Tuck. Uh, how many sorceries do we have in the deck? We have five sorceries. Uh, Creatures. We have twelve planeswalkers. Only the one, but the best one. Artifacts. Seven. How many enchantments? We got thirty-nine, <laughs> baby. <laughs> And the crazy thing, that doesn't even include creature enchantments. That's right. just enchantments. So we have another one, one, two, three, four, five, six. So we got 40, 45? Yeah, 45 enchantments. Wow. <laughs> we did yeah, it. We not did that, it. But honestly, like, even with Jeweled Lotus and these other expensive cards, we're looking at, like, between two, 260 and 267, right? So And... Average CMC, 281. Which is insane. I am shocked that we're that low. Three Mythics, 29 Rares, 22 Uncommons, 10 Commons, which is what? about right. 
What the crazy thing though is because when we've done drafts before, we usually don't have a lot of commons and uncommons. I'm shocked we have 22 yeah. uncommons. But the the trick on this one is, and we we don't need to go in detail. The the commons that we selected, I feel, especially the older ones that you and I found, those would have been reprinted as uncommons or rares. That's now. fair. They're just That's not fair. right. Yeah, because they're old. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with this this build. Um, it definitely. Uh, is cheaper and more manageable <laughs> than I thought it was. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Good job, man. I think I think. Um, well, we'll get into this, but uh, <gasps> oh, guess what? What? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this chaos draft. Hopefully, you enjoyed the YouTube content and enjoyed the audio content. We would love for you to leave a five-star review and subscribe to us on whatever consumption platform you're uh, listening or watching. It could be podcasts. It could be Spotify. It could be YouTube. Just follow us. That helps other people connect to us as well. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of the cast today and talk to us about the deck, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the 5. Big Tuck, if people want to get hold of you, how could they do that when you're not working in Buenos Aires, which I assume is code for drug dealer? Look, listen, you got to make a living somehow, right? Like everyone has That's to very do it. Um, yeah, IT is just drugs. Uh, so you can find me at Big Tuck Tweeting. The only thing I put up there that I was really excited about was my local group yelled at me about buying a bundle instead of a box. And I cracked a foil Frexian uh, Jig Taxes. How much is that worth? $100. So I uh, doubled it out of the box. Not bad. Wow. I got lucky. You know, what are you going to do? Well, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, Also, we will have this Chaos Draft list posted, the tapped out list posted, uh, with the supplemental lands we think will make it work at cmdtower.com slash bnbe127. Now, if you'd like to support our channel so we can continue coming out with new content for you, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, for literally five bucks a month, you could join the Murphy Group. And oh, that sounds like a weird consulting firm, the Murphy Group. <laughs> the Murphy Group. We Actually, help- you know what? Scratch that. It's from Entourage. Totally. That's what uh, Eric Murphy, Vince's manager, called his like spinoff company. It was The, the Redhead? Group, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh- Real quick on Entourage, the one number one celebrity that would want to get in a fist fight with, Jeremy Piven, no questions asked. Moving right along. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you could join on there, get a Squee McGee coin, you can get tokens, stickers. We have a whole lot of stuff that we do help and provide our patrons, so go join and help us out. Now, we do have a store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Yes, the one and only Tomer did buy one of our Jund holiday sweaters. So if you want to be cool like Goldfish, you should go do do that as well. Um, I'm hoping I can get Tomer to also wear his Jund sweater when we do our stream recording next week. uh, So we could just represent CMD Tower as much as possible. Uh, But we do sell all of our stuff on there. There's redacted bits that contractually obligated that I am allowed to talk about, but I won't. Lastly, you should definitely head over to Abyss Proxy Shop. Dot com. This is the playtest card partner that is supporting our channel. Uh, it's actually the uh, person that I've used personally for years and given gifts to our friends and collective members and our local playgroup. Uh, if you use the code CMD Tower, it gets you 10% off of any order. 
Plus, it compounds with any other discounts he has. So if he has a 10% off or 30 or more, you're actually getting 20% off. Uh, he has tons of stuff on there. He's the one that has gotten my Lord of, or the Game of Thrones uh, proxy deck built. He was able to get my uh, Mystical Archive deck built as well. Great person. Go out. They even do full deck lists, which will get you your CMD Tower discount. And every time you buy something from then, it gives us a little bit of money so we can continue to try to improve this channel. So supporting them helps support us. Now, we couldn't have done the YouTube content without our amazing video editor at underscore Tcoats on Twitter. Tyler does do all the brews and builds editing. He will be working with us once his work schedule is kind of freed up to create snippets and snaps from our Twitch stream that we'll upload as YouTube shorts. He's going to help us bring that MTG Action 4 news where in the multiverse is filled with hip and all the other specialty episodes of YouTube as well. So if there's stuff that you can do to support our video team, definitely do it. And even more importantly, if you want to see something different, let them know we can't know how to improve unless you tell us so big tuck 127 chaos draft tatsunari i guess i know how you feel since you're apparently building the deck you know mr combo there's time there's times <laughs> where we all try to no uh in all honesty this was incredible um for someone mr combo for those who don't know beforehand said that he quote unquote phoned this in this I is, really this, did. I know, but it's incredible. Like you, like I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know if it's because you've been you. You are now the sole. You are the CMD Tower representative, and you're talking about magic or thinking about magic, like on hours, off hours, everything else. The the picks that you had are are were phenomenal. Um, this honestly, I I really do stand by that. I think this is a deck that I think would be really exciting and really fun to build. Um, I liked your, I liked your picks. Uh, I liked how you strayed far away from the, uh, frog and other It's great. Uh, no, I, I think we, I think that we really turned, I think that you and I both really turned what could be just like another generic sort of, uh, writhing storm sort of build into something that would be a very unique, a very unique feel, a very unique deck, a very unique play style and i think we really kind of knocked it out of the park to be honest not to yeah, so, home too much i will say this i'm super thankful because i really thought you were going to shame me as they did to you in costa rica and they do every time i try to zip line um because it was like i'm doing like these quest counters and then i got curses and then i got flip enchantments it's just like i i was kind of going all over the place right but i, I was trying to make it where it's not just a, I play a bunch of static enchantments and stuff happens. It's like, let's try to give this a feel and a different type of flow. Um, yes, Lethal Vapors, I know, is a very salty <laughs> card. But I think it's hilarious in this deck. Um, I think, I think because for all you know, oh, yeah. here's the thing though, Tuck. You may want to blow it up. Right, like, oh, you're yeah, like, sure. oh, I, I could go ham right now. Oh, uh, I'll skip my next turn. No, no, no. Uh, lethal Vapors, lethal, lethal Vapors, and Standstill. Like, I don't care. I'll skip my next turn. Go ahead. Like, oh, guys, yeah. I'll just, draw, I'll just draw three cards. Um, and yeah, I think like, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, I think I, I think there's a build where it's like Rhystic Study, Omniscience, Mystic Remora, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of thought that's where you might have been coming in. But I feel like there's some cracks in the spike cage that you've built for yourself. And now you're exploring some more fun opportunities. Maybe, maybe. Well, guys, until the next episode, 
See ya! Good, that's, that's a good explosion one more time. Or no, the high-ah, please. Oh, you want the high-ah, fine. High fucking yaw!